Welcome, everyone, to episode 466 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Will. Corey. And I'm Tito. Today's topic is going to be Ghost of Tsushima, where, where we've got a full full squad, and it's it's nice. Uh, and uh, I know Tito's played a bit of, of Ghost of Tsushima. I know Will's played a bit of Ghost of Tsushima. Corey? Have you played I've a bit played of- a moderate amount of Ghost of Tsushima. Okay. Yeah, you, t- you touched on it briefly during last week's episode, so... Uh, we're, of course, going to expand upon that. Does anyone have anything they want to tease for later on in the episode? Will, got anything new you've been playing? Uh, talk a little Persona 4, a little Paper Mario sticker, or not Sticker Star, uh, Origami King. Uh-huh. Um, I'll apologize ahead of time. I was up very, very, very late into the early morning. So if uh, I'm not making sense sometimes, I apologize ahead of time. So Gotcha. Um, hence me calling the new Paper Mario Sticker Star. Gotcha. Uh, Tito, anything you've been playing? Um, I uh, I beat Dishonored two, so I'll give oh. my final thoughts on that. So well done, thank sir. you, thank you. Okay. Uh, as for me, I, I played a a couple different things. I actually downloaded a few new games on Game Pass today, which I'll talk about. Um, but I started playing Metal Gear Solid Five. Right? Ooh, I don't know why. Nice. I just I I just was like I kind of want to play that, so I downloaded it for a little bit. Uh, still playing uh, Plague Tale. Should be done with that, but a lot more Paper Mario. I played a little um, uh, Paper Mario Origami King also. So, yeah, that's what I've been playing. Uh, well, let's get into Ghost of Tsushima. So, uh, Will, we'll start with you. What do you think so far? Mm, I love it so far, to be honest. Um, didn't get to play it right off the bat because I was selling my computer. So I was trying to beat Persona 4 first. So I kind of came to playing it a little bit later than I wanted to. Um, I think I maybe played one hour on release day. Uh, and I was like, okay, this is cool. But I wasn't like... The game didn't I guess, is the way to put it. Uh, and that's because the tutorial is fairly lengthy. I would say it's like an hour and a half long. Uh, but what's really cool is as soon as you get through that tutorial, it just kind of drops you into one section of the island. Um, the is to like cut up into three different sections so you're in the there's also the biggest section uh just judging by what i've seen on the map and just kind of gauging distances but it reminds me dan a little bit of elements of breath of the wild a little okay. bit of sekiro um and the world is a little bit of a far cry game too because there's a lot of activities that you can do in there um uh, and then there was another game that I was comparing it to, but it escapes me a little bit right now. But uh, I really, I'm adoring it so far. I gotta say the combat is one of the more satisfying combat systems I've ever played because it's not hard, but it is a little punishing. Um, and my favorite part of the combat is, I don't know, Tito, I know you've gotten this far, but Corey, have you gotten all the stances yet? I'm still working on the moon stance, the last one. Okay. So uh, you unlock different stances during the course of a game. And uh, what's really cool about it is each stance kind of specializes down different enemies. Like the stone stance takes down uh, swordsmen a lot easier. The water stance takes down shield enemies. Um, the wind stance takes down spear people. And then the moon stance takes down brutes. And it's really cool because you'll be in a conflict with like ah, seven Mongols attacking you, all with different armor types. Um so it's really cool to brutally kill one like swordsman and then hit 
right trigger and then switch to another stance and then take them down brutally and then switch to another stance. It's like really fluid in how they do it. And I think it's really excellently executed. Um, just being able to flip like that pretty easily. And what's really cool is you flip like stances is it slows down combat a little bit. So it's like kind of a slow down time. So you're not getting punished for trying to switch between stances, which I really appreciate because they want you to do that because it makes it fun and the game is more fluid and combat works better that way. So I would hate to be punished while trying to switch stances because it would be kind of counterintuitive to what they're looking at. Uh, so it's just, I really, really love the combat and it's one of the more satisfying combat games I've probably played recently, in my opinion. Um, there's not too deep, but it's deep enough that there's a little bit of um, strategy to it you can also do things as a ghost too which is a stealthy stealthy approach um so it's got a lot of elements oh assassin's creed and also assassin's creed is another game that i kind of semi compared it to no um, yeah oh yeah <laughs> people get upset when you compare it to assassin's creed but i, I agree with you yeah, no, a lot of, it takes a lot of uh, elements from a lot of different games, like the exploration aspect of Breath of the Wild, because you literally just get tossed into this world with like kind of a little bit of, you have no idea what's really going on, you just know the Mongols are attacking, and it's just like, all right, go figure it out, go do whatever you want, which is really cool, and um, I don't really like being handheld in these type of open world games, I kind of like to just go explore things, um, yeah. and not to mention there's no mini-map or hardly any HUD, so it's just kind of like, let this wind guide you to these different locations and different like visual cues to be able to pick up on different things. Is that so. where the ghost part comes from, from Ghost of Tsushima? Ghost of Tsushima? I think, What's maybe, but I, I it just referred to dead people. Like um, ghosts. It, it, it refers like it's the nickname he gets because um and and it's one thing i'll, I'll go into the, the story writing is is really great and and not just like the main plot but like just the tales that the, they call their side missions tales but um the the main thematic focus for me is jin sakai who's the the main character is is struggling with keeping the honor of, a, of being a samurai in the wake of a new enemy they've never faced before, which is, it kind of re reminds you of like Game of Thrones or uh, I had something else where it, you remember where Bronn is, is fighting for Tyrion and he like beats this, uh, this you know, knight and he's like, you all fight with honor. And he's just like, yeah, but he did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's dead now. Yeah. Um, it, it's the same. It's, yeah. It's the same deal where like he has to learn, new tactics that go against the samurai way. Um, and it, it means like being a, a ghost or, you know, doing doing things like an, a thief, an assassin, you know, I guess they don't ever mention ninjas, but I guess it's kind of a ninja. Um, and that's yeah. where the nickname comes from. So Interesting. Yeah, I um, I think Will's analysis was pretty good. It's It feels very familiar. It does do some things that I really appreciate and enjoy and, and things that separate the game from the competition and make it feel unique, like the haikus, the, the lack of HUD, um, all good things, in my opinion. I, for me, though, it doesn't like cross that threshold into the next level. I think I think Tito is on something with the story writing being really good. Uh, but that said, it also like I, I I appreciate the way they present it, but when it's so serious, like I have a hard time getting engaged with it. Um, it doesn't feel all that 
personal to me. I know it's that's not really the point. It's supposed to feel personal to Jin, but I, I don't know if it's just my lack of focus on what's going on, but I just have a hard time being engaged in the story, and I feel like a game like this would really benefit from having that attention to the story because it does feel familiar in so many different ways. Um, but the, what Tito touched on, I think, is one of the most interesting aspects of the game, and I'm, I'm wondering, Tito and Will, if you guys are the same as me, in that when I would assassinate somebody, I'd get the flashback of, uh, I think it's your character. I think it's Jin's father saying like, you need to fight with honor. And I'm like, oh my gosh, am I doing something wrong? Like, am I going to get the bad ending if I assassinate people? Um, thankfully, I've also sort of specced my character to not be a good assassin just because that's how I've been playing all of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I spent so much time being an assassin that I kind of just wanted to, to to be a samurai and, and face people head on. And uh, I've really been enjoying that. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if, if that plays into the story at all. Like the more people you assassinate in this type of game, it feels like that would matter. And based on those flashbacks that pop up when you do assassinate somebody, it feels like it is making a difference in the story, but maybe not. Maybe it is just a bigger thing that they're trying to touch on. Um, I was wondering that as well. Um. What I've learned is, because when I've been playing, I noticed it rains a lot. It was bothering me um, for a while. And you can, you know, play the flute and change the weather. And then I recently learned that the weather actually indicates how you've been playing the game. Um, Wait, really? And, yes. And if you've been playing a certain way, like, I guess they, the, the black and white version is, if you've been playing the Honorable Samurai way, I guess it won't, it won't rain as much. Whereas if you've been using a lot of ghost tactics or, you know, I shouldn't say ninja because literally the word ninja is never spoken in the game, but <laughs> ninja tactics, uh, ghost tactics, um, it, it, it causes like, I guess that's the negative way to play or, or not negative, but just it's, it's it, in, in terms of the story, it's not the samurai. And, um, but she, I guess it's going to come back to bite you. It, it seems like it's kind of hurt toward that road because oh, i recently okay. hit some some points where he starts to question if there's a line he's crossed um which is kind of you know cool cool honestly but um i i, I there was a moment where i was like oh shit like because i i want the good ending yeah um, right and i wonder if and, and it, it made me wonder if some of the tales kind of i had a feeling i'm like oh is there like different endings to these tales because there was one specific one where you go to save a, a monk who is against all violence and I use a lot of violence to save him. And, um, and I was like, oh, like, and I didn't realize that later until I was like, oh, I wonder if, if you get like a different cutscene, if you kind of go the stealthy approach, don't kill anyone and save him if, if something happened, if there's a different ending. But I, I'm not sure. So, huh. but it's kind of interesting. So. Interesting. I did not know that about the weather. I also didn't know you could play the flute to change it. Uh, I learned 20 hours in, you can also sheath your <laughs> weapon and um, by sliding right on the touchpad. And because I was wondering, it was kind of bothering me because like this game has a lot of style. And anytime I like finish a battle, like there's that classic way of cleaning the sword where he uses his sleeve and he slides it across. Um, and I was like, oh, is that in this game? Or something? And it is. You can actually sheath your weapon. So anytime I like such a badass because I'll like clear out an enemy and then I sheath my weapon and he'll do this quick whip where all the blood quickly comes off his sword and then he slowly puts it back into his sheath and it, it's so fucking badass and then i take a bow by sitting down on the touchpad <laughs> and i feel like amazing it, it's the 
close to 20 hours into it the brutal assassinations and like the brutal duels that you have don't get old at all like yeah they're awesome. the duels are fantastic um the blood splatter is done in a way that's like kind of cool not like grotesque it's just like it's the the style presentation of the game really really flies for me like i I love it like the the flow the air like if you've ever seen movies they really embrace that japanese cinematic like movies like hero or house of flying daggers where there's like vibrant colors just constant leaves falling from the the trees you know just constant wind blowing it they do that all in this game and it, it just looks so beautiful when i play so yeah, I gotta say, like, the world is one of the prettier worlds I've, like, kind of been immersed in, because it's just, like, you'll be roaming through, like, some of the mythical tales, where you have to go to the areas where, like, the violet flowers are, or the uh, blue ones, and, like, you just see an entire mountainside of, like, these, like, beautiful flowers that you have to, like, climb up the top of the mountain to get to the the map and stuff like that, it's just, like, some of the vistas, like, we were, you know, gushing over Assassin's Creed Odyssey, having some beautiful views, but uh, Ghost of Tsushima also has that same thing, where it's just, like, I take a minute, like, while I'm on my horse going through this field with cherry blossoms, and being like, wow, this is beautiful. Or, or like, the, it, it's kind of environments that, like, sadly, you don't just, you don't see these kind of environments anywhere in the U.S., that's stupid to say, in the U.S., like, well, of course, it's Japan, but I wonder if Japan's still like that, you know, because... You're yeah. going through rolling hills of like these beautiful white lilies, like especially in Act Two, like you go through this area, like all you can see from like as far as you can see is just these white flowers, and not just like patched, but it's like it's covered and it's gorgeous, and it's it almost feels unreal. But yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if like no back back then or maybe still today, if you go to Japan, it, it, it's like Japan should really use the game to like hey come like as a tourist to try like come. Yeah. Is it Japan? Look at how beautiful it is. I don't know if it's still like that, though. But um, You know, it's funny you guys say that, because I had, while I was playing it, I kept thinking, like, wow, this is Japanese Red Dead Redemption. You know, like, capturing that iconic aspect of the country in which it's based. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I know exactly what you're saying. I think it's definitely helped by the lack of a heads-up display, for the most part. You're just, you're looking at the photorealistic version of Japan. Yeah. Um, for most of the game, I will say though, it did make me miss features like on Assassin's Creed Odyssey, where you could ride the horse and it would automatically take you to your destination. Because uh, mm. I would just like to ride my horse and look around, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Or yeah, like in Red Dead, you just like put on the cinematic mode and just like yeah. sit back with your arms. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> no, I know. I know what you mean. Uh, they also do a good job with the lighting too, like the way the sun. I, I mean, it's the land of the rising sun. Apparently, they don't. Like someone told me who he seemed like he was really in Japanese culture, but like they don't refer to their country as Japan. Um, it's it's literally land of the rising sun. Um, and they they um, like you, you kind of see like the way that those rays hit through, especially like when you're forest, like the, yeah. the way they just like tickle like the grass and everything. It, it just looks fantastic. Um, so that I mean, um- graphically, it's a beautiful game. Sorry to interrupt you, Tito, but on that note, I just wanted to add that I played most of this game on my uh, monitor, my old computer monitor, which is not HDR, but I switched to the uh, the big screen TV in our living room, which is HDR, and that lighting that you're discussing definitely pops much more if you're playing in HDR than if you're just playing on a standard. Yeah. 
Um, and I've been playing favoring frame rate because I found that favoring resolution did not run very well. Um, in fact, my PS4 Pro got hot and it went to the blue screen like you're the it's too hot. Turn off and let it cool down. Really? Um, but if you switch to frame rate, um, you don't really get many issues um, and you don't really see a difference. It's not like it looks way worse. So yeah, I, I recommend playing with frame rate on. So is the because the, this is this is always interesting to me outside of the game looking awesome. So it is 30 frames at 4K or 60 frames. Is it? 1440p do you know i have a feeling it's 30 i i can usually tell pretty easily 30 to it's 60 always frames. 30 even on even on frame rate mode yeah i, I think it, it's just to ensure i it nothing about it seems like it has that 60 frame okay. frames per second smoothness yeah. um but i, I think it, it it so works it, better for 30 because it's such a cinematic experience in a lot of like and, and how it presents everything, it does the widescreen a lot when it's a cutscene. It adds the black bars to the top and bottom, and it it, it if it had that smooth smoothness, um, I mean, it wouldn't be terrible. But I, I it doesn't bother you at all when it's yeah. playing at thirty frames. I was, mm-hmm. Do you think uh, if it's not on frame rate, there might be drops? Oh yeah, no, there definitely was when I would okay. doing resolution. There was like it, it just kind of would struggle a little bit. Um, and, and it, the PS4 would get kind of loud. Like you can immediately tell like it's struggling. Right. Um, I don't know if it's just my PS4 pro, like I'd find it weird that like you just universally like, yeah, no one use it. Like, well then why put it in the game? Like if it right. doesn't run very well, <laughs> but, um, but like, I couldn't tell, like I was switching back and forth and I couldn't tell quality difference in terms of resolution. So I just go with frame rate. Cause it, then you won't have to worry about performance at all. Um, but, uh, while I'm, on it because uh, I remember Corey giving his initial thoughts and I thought that was interesting because and it seems like it's like Will you had the same thing too where the I I'm I'm on the West Coast so like games come out at 9 p.m. and it was kind yeah. of late and I I was almost done with Dishonor too and I remembered that the game came out goes to Tsushima so I went ahead and downloaded it, it took like 40 minutes and I played about an hour and like the intro before like the final title comes up is like two hours or something like that. But yeah, I was. It was the same for me, where I wasn't immediately grabbed by the game. Um, it was just kind of like, oh, the combat seemed kind of boring, and I don't mm-hmm. know. It was just like, it, it was interesting how like everyone seems to be like, yeah, it doesn't start off that great. I don't yeah, know why I've, I've, either. I've heard that sentiment elsewhere too. Like it was the same thing. People would play it the night it came out for an hour or two and be like, yeah, this is good, and then they revisit it later once the game opens up. That's when they're like, okay, this is this is yeah. special. Well, it doesn't um, it doesn't really show its hand early on. You know, it doesn't show what's unique about it until you're a few hours in and you start to pick up on some of the things that make it really cool, like writing your own haiku and following the fox from the fox den to the cool hidden location. You know, yeah, that the, kind of stuff that those touches that really make the game um, stand out. They, they, they don't appear in those first few hours. Yeah, I, I think you're right, because, um, yeah, you just start with the battle. And it, you know, it, and the, at first, like, you would think like that might probably one of the early complaints is that the the main villain, who's in the trailer, that that's probably one of, the, in my opinion, the best game trailer I've ever seen ever. Um, but he doesn't really play that big of a role so far. Like, and he and it, it's kind of sucks because like he he seems like a cool villain. I think his name's Koten Khan, who's like yeah, a descendant of uh, of Kublai Khan and Genghis Khan. Uh-huh. Um, 
but he yeah i mean for the most part he he plays kind of he's not too much in it like early on there's a few cutscenes and stuff with him but um that's probably one of my early complaints but like yeah the intro is just like the battle and stuff so you're really only getting an intro with the combat which starts very basic and then you know it's like eh, whatever and then man was i wrong and i went into this very blind like i only saw the trailer i didn't want to see anything else because i was so excited and i'm so glad i did because little things like collecting singing crickets just put like a stupid (laughs) grin on my face you know, I was like, oh, this is a thing. Like, oh, my God, this is so awesome. Uh, you know, just like little things like that, like all these little surprises. And like when you when you go against your first you have your first duel against a Ronin warrior is so awesome because like you're, you're not expecting it at all. And it's just like really cool. And I won't like mention how it happens. It's just really awesome. Um but yeah, that like my my thing is that the game has got style and um, I think it's it's awesome. So, yeah, it's one that I'm I'm praying for a PC release in like two or three years. Just praying. I think you'll get one, Dan. I yeah, I think will, so too. Yeah. That seems, seems like to it, be yeah. the the trend. So, uh, that's good. It it it's um it's in, in my opinion, because uh, Corey's talking about the how he's not connecting too much with the story. But I will say for me, like I'm pretty engaged with it, and I think they do some smart things, like. They, they have you reflect like it's, it is a very serious game. And I think there's only one character that brings the comic relief, which is like the sake dealer um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tengen or whatever. I forgot all um, about that. Yeah. But he's not like annoying. Like that's a very thin rope to, to walk is like having a, the comic relief be annoying. And he, you know, luckily he's he's not. And everyone has their journeys. And with the tales, what they do brilliantly. And I remember I'll tell a, a very quick short story when I was playing Horizon I had like I came across this side mission that was like there. A lot of the side missions in a lot of games are kind of like bleh, but sometimes you'll you'll come across a good one, and this was one of the good ones. And I I remember having this thought where I was like, man, they should really like think about having these stories where like for for these short moments you are helping another character in their main story, where it's like this a uh, main game could be about this other character and you're the NPC just helping them with their journey. And in Ghost of Tsushima, what to me, I think it is a special game because this is the best game I've ever played where there's very little trivial tales or side missions in the game. Everything feels like it's a personal, like there's personal stakes at risk with people, especially the character tales, um, where you do, it, it dawned on me like, oh, these, like when you're helping Lady Masako or Sensei Ishikawa, they are the main character in their own story and you are the NPC just helping them along in these short moments. And it gives the world like this more full feeling and it, it, it lets you engage more instead of just like it always being about you. It's like, no, you are taking a side seat to this person's journey, especially like Lady Masako, who her story is that her whole family was wiped out, including her grandchildren. She's like this old grandmother samurai i guess or something and she's just filled with vengeance like she wants revenge and and you go on these like set nine part side these nine part tales dealing with like her hurt her pain you know like helping her and it's amazing you know it, it's so personal and i think that's like it, it does have a very serious tone with a lot of these because they use emotion like these strong emotional anchors so that it doesn't feel like a stupid collect this and turn it in 
okay, thank you. You know, it's like, no, you're dealing with like Yuna who was like sexually molested as a child. It's like, what the, like, holy shit. You know, it's like very serious stuff. Um, but it, it, it makes it more engaging, you know, like you, you kind of, it draws you in and it's all emotional. And it's even with the, even the non, cause there's, there's tales that are like the random ones. And then there's character tales, which are like these multi-part that go throughout the, the main plot of the story. Like it, it, Sensei Ishikawa had a, um, who, who trains in the way of the bow. He had a, um, like, what what's the word? Like a prodigy of a student who like betrayed him. And now he's like incensed and he just wants to go after her and like you know and you learn about what's really going on in there but then you also come across just the random you know side missions that are just one a one part thing but even those can be very emotional and a lot of them are dealing with like her being a coward and losing your family and all this stuff um it's it's pretty amazing and and it's not like yeah there's like you know in the witcher 3 where it's like everyone always mentions that one side mission that's like really great i forgot what it was called like the baron butcher whatever Bloody Baron. Yeah, the Bloody yeah. Baron. This one is like nothing but like, you know, really like thought provoking and emotional tales, like just one after the other. Um, and it's to me, it's the greatest strength of this game is the the side mission, the writing of all the little tales. Uh-huh. So. Yeah, I was yeah, actually I, gonna go, go sorry, ahead. go ahead, Will. Uh, no, I was just going to say, just to echo what Tito's saying, like, I know I said I can't engage with it, but I, I know that you're right, Tito. I know that that is the key to really enjoying this game and, and, and appreciating what they've done. I just, I don't know how to get there. Yeah, no, like, if you if you aren't in the right mindset or whatever, like, that, yeah, it's going to be very hard to get into it because it's, yeah. it's like, yeah, if you're not ready to deal with some of this stuff or just, like, kind of half paying attention, it's like, it won't grab you because, like, they, they are trying to demand your attention yeah. um, with this stuff. Um but um, if you can get there, it's 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 worth it's worthwhile because I, I, I've been thoroughly enjoying it. I'm like, man, these are like wait, like I haven't run across a really stupid side mission yet. And that's ten, that that historically is very hard to do in yeah, this yeah. game. Like, like they I mean, they're doing it so easily. Like, yeah, here's one where it's like it's just a guy and you think nothing's happening. Booms like you know, kind of like a very serious thing going on or sometimes it's not serious, but it's just like really interesting or like help, helping your old like um what what are they what's the word for some like your, not your babysitter but like a caregiver Care, yeah. you know that you 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 meet and she's still alive and then so like you start to slowly realize that she's losing her memory you know it's like it's sad you know like they 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 grip you with emotion they just mm-hmm. grab you by the balls and they don't let go you know so it's, it's yeah. really great so go ahead will, will you wanted to chime in yeah, I was actually going to say that uh, right before like Tito covered that all really well, I was going to say that some of the, the tales are all really good. And for an IP, it's really hard to, at least in my opinion, put out a bunch of quality characters that you remember. Uh, but Horizon, for example, is a game that I thought did it very well. But also, I think Ghost of Tsushima does it even better because my favorite parts about the game have been the character tales with Lady Masako, who is actually my favorite out of all of them, just because, like, as Tito said, that story goes places. Like, it's, it's oh, man. got it's so a lot good. going on. Yeah. Just her whole thing is just like, oh, man. And, and it, it's cool because they all have, like, a there's something at risk in terms of them losing themselves in, in, in these stories, you know, Mm -hmm. like Sensei Ishikawa, you can tell like if, like he's on the grip of like, you know, going too far 
and letting his emotions get the better of him. And in the samurai quote unquote way is like, you always have to control your, like you are a weapon and you have to control your emotions and you see them slipping because Mm -hmm. they're so pissed at this or that, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's really cool to see that journey and, and these different, and it's not, it's not about you. It's about them. They're the main characters and there's like, everyone's the hero in their own story kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. And like even like right before I stopped playing to record, uh, I was doing a tale before I went to the new part of the continent. And um, Lady Masaka was at the beach where the initial battle took place. And this wasn't even a part of her nine tale story missions, but this was a side mission for her character. And she had to wanted to find her two children who died in the battle and like try to bury them. And like even that was like, oh, man, pretty hard hitting. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about, yeah. That, so, when she finally finds them, like, oh, yeah. And then you gotta fight the Mongols, and she's just pissed. Yeah, the whole time. <laughs> it's so good that they, they, I, I love the um, cinematic approach that they give with a lot of, uh, with, with the story, like early, early on, and it. Th- this is probably the moment I knew I really liked the game, and it's like early on. It's not a spoiler or anything. Like you, you learn how to assassinate someone from behind like without them knowing from from yuna who who saves you and she's a thief you know she like she wants you to she she saves you because like oh you're a samurai you can help me find my brother you know that's her thing and you know you go to this camp and you know there's all these mongols and he, you know jin just wants to do things the samurai way he wants to do the standoff and take it and she's like dude like there's way too many like what are you dumb so, so he's like oh you want me to like butcher them like that's that's wrong but she convinces him and and you assassinate your first enemy and it he does it terribly like if you remember oh, like he has yeah. to stab the person like nine times like and he's screaming out he's trying to cover his mouth and then they like wrestle to the ground and he just like keeps stabbing him and then there's a moment where he like once the guy's finally dead he just kind of like lays on his back on the grass and it it comes to a close up of Jin of Jin's face but he's upside down to show that like he's he's not like his world is now upside down like he he's not right within himself um which normally i never catch that stuff but i was like oh i know what they're trying to do there like they're showing like he he is not right within himself because he's doing things differently than he's ever been taught from his uncle um which we should probably go into some of the characters at some point because i'm kind of interested who you guys like so far in the story like who your favorite characters are but but anyway, like I, I thought that was such a cool moment. That was the moment when I realized, like, oh, this is really good. This is a really good game, actually. Um, and I just wanted to point that out because I thought that was so that was done so well and smart. Mm-hmm. It's hard to I, believe that this game is made by Sucker Punch, by the way. That's yeah. what I was just gonna bring up. Like, I didn't really <laughs> think about it until Tito was talking about the game and and getting into the specifics of the Japanese-ness. And then I'm I'm thinking, I'm like, wait, Sucker Punch is an American. Developer. I saw I saw a great meme that that touches with that. It's like uh, uh, from software does Dark Souls and it's a you know Western fantasy that they did really well, and you know uh, obviously Sucker Punch, uh, a Western studio that did the uh, you know Japan so well. It's just well, like, it, uh, go ahead, Corey. I was just gonna say it got me interested in the development of the game, and um, apparently they considered what they wanted to do was explore the fantasy of becoming a samurai during their initial conceptions. Um, but they explored other settings and themes like pirates, um, the Scottish outlaw, Rob Roy McGregor and the three musketeers. Uh, but then they heard a story about the Mongol invasion of Tsushima 
And then I guess the vision of, of what they originally planned kind of clicked into place. But uh, Tito was talking also about the, the, the metaphor of the framing of Jin's face upside down. Apparently, they took a lot of inspiration from Akira Kurosawa, who's a famous oh, Japanese filmmaker. Yeah, that's right. They, they have so, that mode. That mode, you can, you can play the game in what they call Kurosawa mode, which is like yeah. black and white. Which I, like, did you guys, did you guys see that in the menu? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't even know I, that. I yeah. heard about it. Yeah, you can actually play it in Kurosawa mode. Um, and I kind of thought, like, I play, I, I think I turned it on, and I, I was like, oh, this could get distracting very easily. And But my friend played it for a few hours in that mode, and he's like, "It is, the combat becomes really hard because you can't see the red or blue glint of the, the enemy oh. attacks. Yeah. So if you're looking for more of a challenge, you can turn that on. But, yeah, they do have that mode, just I guess, as, as, a, as a nod to Kurosawa. So... That's cool. I could just picture that shot though being like directly from a Kurosawa film. Yeah, yeah no, it's 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 great. Um, but uh, yeah, I wanted to see who like who who have you connected with so far in terms of all the characters you've met. I'm a bad one to ask because my initial reaction is none of them. But I think again, it goes back to me just not being able to connect with the story. And I think you're right. You mentioned um, not being in the right mindset, like. I've sort of been forcing myself to play just because I knew we were doing this uh, episode on this game and I wanted to be able to contribute some. So if I'm playing under less than desirable conditions, like I do notice myself just kind of beelining towards objectives, you know, just trying to see more of the game rather than focusing on what's important. Like yeah. How far like how are you played Skyrim? Yeah, exactly. Like how I played Skyrim. Yep. Uh, what about you, Will? Uh, I will say I like um, Sake Guy, Taka, Yuna, Lady Masako. Hate Lord Shimura. Um, uh, uh, the uncle? Yeah, hate yeah, him. Yeah. Can't wait to become a full-on ghost and see where that goes with him. <laughs> um, I didn't like Ishikawa at first. I thought he was kind of a tool, but... I've started to like him the more I got into his uh, his tale. Yeah. Um, I like at first it was Lady Masako, and then Act Two. There's another character that you'll you'll meet that is probably not my new favorite, but Ishikawa is like someone that I have a feeling like they want you to hate him because like there's just something about him. Yeah. Right? You're, you're like fuck you, you know? Like he doesn't yeah. like in one of the missions, like you take on all these guys, and he he doesn't lift a finger, and you kind of just call him out like. You resting over there? Like, what, what's going on? And he's like, yep. I was just observing you, making sure you're... It's just like, oh, you full of shit. Like, like there's something <laughs> up with you. I don't trust you. Um, uh, his story is great. And when I would um, listen to him, like the voice actor, it was driving me crazy because I was like, I've heard this voice somewhere. And it dawned on me, he's the, the Dharma Initiative scientist from Lost, if you've ever seen Lost. Um, and I was like, ah, that's where he's from. And he even looks like they, they even captured like his eyes in the game. So for anyone who's playing the game and they're like, who is this guy? It's the the dude from Lost. Who, who's, he's not like a, a real character. He's only in like the little videos if you've ever seen the show. Um, he's the Dharma Initiative scientist. So little mm. little treat there. Yeah. I'm okay. trying to see this. Um, I'm looking up this actor, Dr. Pierre Shang in Lost. Yeah, he had an interesting uh, name. I think he's from like... Cambodia or something. Um, oh, and while you're doing that, though, I, um, 
I'll, I'll go over like they have something called charms in the game in oh, terms yeah. of like your your build um, where you collect like you can you can you know go after fox dens where they, they they'll show you the shrines where you can unlock your your charm slots and charms are just little modifiers to your character and you can meet sh- you can go to shrines to get like these golden shr- uh, these golden charms and you can equip two golden charms and you can get minor charms from just like little activities or the or the tales that you complete and you'll get these silver charms and you can actually like not even equip any gold charms you can actually just do all silver if you wanted um but that's how you can really modify how you want your build to be if you want to just go full like attack samurai if you want to go full ghost full util- utility or full like uh, an arrow build like an archer build if you want um so that's kind of how like the customization of your character works which um, I kind of like, and the one I've been settling on is I got a charm. I don't know if it's random, like if it's purely random how, when you collect them, the minor charms, but I got one that actually makes the percentages that you get, um, any percent chance, it increases the chance of it happening by 50%. So I have that, and then I have like this, this these three charms, because charms do stack, and um, I have these three charms that is like 5% chance at dealing double damage. So I have like a total of 20% and then half of that is 10%. So now I have a 30% chance to deal double damage. And I have no clue if it's working or not because I actually <laughs> suck at the combat. I'm not very good at at, at all. But um, that's kind of the build I'm, I'm rolling with. I, um... oh shoot, I forgot my point. Uh, no, I was just going to bring up uh, the combat again. The one cool aspect I really like about the combat is the standoff have you guys done the do you guys do the standoffs or do you usually go in stealth mode i was originally just doing stealth but now i'm starting to do more standoffs yeah so the standoff uh what happens there is you approach a group of enemies and then it goes to um a different camera view and allows you to press and hold the triangle button and all that's doing is your character is holding on to their katana so that when the other enemy attacks, you release the triangle button and then you attack first and kill them. In uh, a slow-mo, can... really cool, badass way. Yeah, yeah, it's very cinematic. But you can upgrade it to the point where you can kill three enemies, which is what I did. And at first I'm like, man, this seems useless. But it's gotten to a point where there could be so many enemies that killing three is can make a big difference in, in the combat. Overall. And you can unlock a way, like uh, another upgrade to your character where there's a chance that enemies get terrified of you when you do something badass like that. So that makes it even easier, like approach nine people, kill three of them, and one or two might just be so terrified that they start running away. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah, it's a fun way to build like a, a um, like a tank-type character. That's not a good example. I can't think of... Uh... I, I know what you mean, though. And there's also an yeah. armor... There's an armor that even upgrades that where if you keep the streak going, you can add another enemy to the chain. And then if you upgrade that armor, you can add two. So you can get ideally five straight Ooh, that's if, awesome. if you're really good at it. And I, let me tell you, when you start act two, immediately gets harder. Oh, <laughs> they go. They, they're faster. They're faster and they do anywhere from two to three feints. Because they'll, okay. they'll they'll introduce slowly that they'll they'll fake an attack to like get you to press it early and if you press it early if you're wrong then you almost die mm-hmm. um, so it 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 gets to the point because like it started getting kind of easy in Act One like as you start to get strong and I was doing everything 
where I was like, okay, hopefully this doesn't get too boring. Act two starts. Never mind. I shut up like very quickly <laughs> because they introduced a new enemy and um, it, 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 it added some new challenges to it. Um, but um, I do recommend going after some of the mythic tales because like you get some really cool, powerful abilities from there. Like I have this one that's pretty much the triple slash that Cloud had from the from the remake. Um, yeah, so, something similar to that. And it, it's done like lightning quick. And also the Heavenly Strike, which I love using. I love using the Heavenly Strike. It's that like traditional, like you're in one spot and then you go through someone and it's an unblockable attack. Like, oh that, yeah, I, I love that shit. I, I just love it. It's so good. I sort of so I'm at the end of Act One. I think I have um, just one more thing I need to do before I go to Act Two. But uh, yeah, I'm at the point where using the Heavenly Strike, like I have so much resolve that I can just Heavenly Strike groups of enemies to death and then yeah. move on. Uh, yeah, but it sounds like that's going to change come act two. Yeah, it changes a little. And then like it, it's tough. Like, cause are you getting a lot of resolve? Cause it's fairly easy or from your build, like from, what from my build, to... from my yeah. build. Cause I, I did, I've gotten enough of uh, the upgrades to the resolve that I have a, a lot of maximum resolve. And then with the standoff, that's always successful. So it just, I get, yeah. And it, yeah, it gives you a shit ton of resolve if you're, if you're good with those, but it'll, it'll get harder. And then like, I was originally kind of like, Cause I was always getting resolved. So I started just like um, kidding myself with other stuff like the double damage, but now I'm finding it like very difficult to do my special attacks, especially the, the triple strike one. I think it's called the dance of wrath mm-hmm. because that uses up three resolve. Um, and so I, and I'm having to find myself using that. Like you can save yourself. Like there's one, one um, a, a technique you can learn where if you die, you can actually use res- two resolve to like save yourself like revive yourself essentially uh but there's been fights where like i'll die use the two resolve and then they just immediately strike me down <laughs> once i'm back up and, and then it's game over i was like oh okay that's not working too well <laughs> for me um so i i, I keep so there 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 is like a you know there's good like variety where you kind of want to keep playing around and will was mentioning how the combat's really enjoyable one of my favorite things is like i keep unlike zelda breath of the wild where i was never creative with like all the cool tools you had there's something about the combat here where it's really easy to like play around with a lot of stuff and uh, especially focusing on the bonus like when you go to a fort and they give you like your conditions to complete the fort and there's a bonus definitely do the bonus definitely observe the they don't tell you this definitely observe the mongol war leader before you kill him because if you observe the mongol war leader that's one um technique or what is it um what do you what do you get when you kill them like just a the level stance, up stance the growth stored towards the stance right yeah oh yeah and it's like a meter you have to fill you get one point toward that growth if you observe them and another point after you kill them because originally i was just killing them because i was like who cares about observing that sounds boring yeah um and then i realized my friend told me it's like oh you get two points if you observe and then kill uh, and I wish I had known that like hours before because I would have like had the stances way earlier. So that's just a little tip. Uh, that's a great that. tip too because yeah, I realized it pretty pretty late in Act One that that I should should get two points instead of one for each of these guys. Um, and then the smoke bomb is super useful because they they introduce it as if it's just a way to escape, but it also lets you activate um, assassinations when they're because they lose your uh, vision of you. So if you and I early on, I unlocked chain assassinations where I, if there's two or three enemies close to each other, you can do a chain assassination 
which should be in Assassin's Creed. I love that it's in this game. I wish it was in Assassin's Creed. I, I don't know if it is or not, actually. But um, I, I feel like such a badass because you can quickly kill three people, whereas normally you always try to like solo one enemy for, away from the other one so you can like take them out stealthily and not alert everyone. But now it's like if three people are next to each other, doesn't matter. I take them all out. And what I'll do is if there's a hostage is I'll use a firecracker and throw it in front of the hostage so that everyone gathers in front of the hostage. And then I leap from the air and kill them all so that I look <laughs> like a total badass in front of this this hostage. And like early on in the story, it, it doesn't change anything in terms of the script. But I like the feeling that they just saw a hero in front of them save their lives in the coolest way possible. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like a couple of times where like they do like there's one character and it's part of the story where like you save him and he says something like, I, I've never seen a samurai fight like that. And and Jin's just kind of like, oh, it was nothing, which kind of ties into like, like the, I guess the theme for me in this game is like, it, it's, it feels like it's a message of like, what what do you have to sacrifice when you have to face an enemy you've never faced before? Like, what what do you have to lose in yourself if you, if you want to be successful and like, you know, save Tsushima and, and beat the Mongol, you know? army and it's like well doing it the samurai way isn't going to work and so you kind of have to sacrifice your honor and all that stuff you know to to beat these guys and i, I don't know i just i just love how like that all ties together it, it's it's done so well and i that's one reason why i've really been enjoying the story yeah that's a pretty deep thought too you know like yeah that's a great i don't know i, I i'm thinking of how to apply that to like modern day problems that i face you know like what do I have to sacrifice to conquer this issue that I haven't been able to conquer, you know? Yeah. And I, I like you, you mentioned it. That's nice. Cause like I fail at that in my daily life constantly because <laughs> I am just super lazy. What do you have? Like, well, I should be like getting an IRA and like <laughs> building toward retirement. And what am I doing? I'm playing video games. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm sacrificing is, is my own well-being, I guess. So uh, just some quick, quick uh, hits on Ghost of Tsushima. I see that it is only the third Western game for Famitsu to give a perfect score to. Uh, it's really? in good company with Skyrim and Grand Theft Auto Five. Wow. I was surprised that it didn't have more perfect scores because I love, I, or love's a strong word. I really liked Last of Us 2. That got so many like great scores. And I saw like, I don't, I don't, I haven't looked since I wasn't watching reviews. I actually don't know what the, I know it, Ghost of Tsushima was reviewing really well, but I wasn't getting the sense it was getting like that many perfect scores. But I would say this, if this is a perfect game, it, like, I, I think this is a much better game than Last of Us 2, mm-hmm. you know? And I think there is something about, you know, people kind of giving Naughty Dog easier, like, oh, it's Naughty Dog. They always make great games. It's like, mm-hmm. well, this this here is is a better masterpiece, in my opinion, because uh, from from the writing and, and the tales and everything like that and the combat's so much fun. Whereas I know a lot. I mean, I love stealth games, but I know like a lot of people don't like playing Naughty Dog games because they just, you know, for whatever reason. But to me is like this one sings in a lot of different areas and it's super enjoyable. Um, I, it's my game of the year. Nice. I, I think the setting alone is it's different enough too. you know, like how many games are set in like feudal Japan, feudal Japan. Really? Oh, that's right. I wanted, I wanted to ask cause 
Will, like you've played, what's that game? You Dynasty Warriors. Yeah. Is is that China or Japan or what? China. China. Okay. Yeah, because I w- I was wondering. I was like, oh, I haven't played a game in this setting, like like you were mentioning, Dan. But I wonder if it's like, oh, it's because I haven't played Sekiro or Dynasty Warriors or whatever, yeah. because like it felt so fresh to me when I was playing this game. I was like, I haven't seen these settings. I have I don't know this culture. Like it's it's amazing. It's it's so cool. Yeah. Like a I nice mean, world to sink yourself into. Sekiro was, you know, Japan-esque, but obviously it was like fantastical. Whereas gotcha. this seems more more of a realistic type of Japanese setting. It's I mean, it's kind of like how Dark Souls is a fantastical, like, you know medieval european setting i guess um i don't have any japanese friends but i was really interested in like asking like how act like how close to history and and like the folk tales and the legends it, like is it representative of actual japan culture you know like yeah. because they they do like with the mythic tales those are really cool where do you remember dan when i was going over um what game was it i can't remember now but i was complaining how like Nowadays, a lot of game developers used like storyboards as a way to cheat. Oh, doing yes. Like CG. Yep. Yep. Well, they they have something similar with the mythic tales where musicians will tell these stories. But this is how you should do it. If you because like if you remember in like the early 2010s and stuff like that, where like especially in Assassin's Creed, when they would advertise it, it used to be full blown CG, like realistic, like cut scenes and stuff. Whereas you started noticing now a trend toward like just kind of using storyboard art with like pan and scan and, and, and you just see it kind of late and it feels lazy, but it makes total sense because it's less on the budget. It's faster to do. And at the end, gamers don't really care. Whereas they do something here, but it's, it's done in like a really cool art style as they tell this legend of, you know, the, the six blades of Kojiro or whatever. And it, it's, it, it goes back to that presentation where it, it kind of, I feel like it's done in, in probably this old traditional Japanese art style and that's like a smart way to do it, where it's like they don't have to do the full blown CG with like trying to make it look real and how much time that would take. Like they just have a really nice slick style and it probably didn't cost that much to do and didn't take that long. And it works really well in the style of the game. Um, and it's 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 done really well. So. Yeah. Will, anything else you want to chime in with? Uh, I just want to touch on this real quick. I'm with Tito. I was very surprised to see its review scores because it's at an 85, which is really good. Uh, but there's a lot higher. of. I think it should be higher, definitely. Like reading uh, one of the headlines on one of them is they say the game is a competent but very shallow and over familiar attempt to replicate Assassin's Creed, which I think is completely off the mark. Um. But when I saw Destructoid's review of that, I knew the game was going to be pretty good because the person who reviewed it is the one of the critics that I usually agree with the most, um, and Chris Carter. Uh, so when he gave it a nine and a half, I knew the game was going to be really good, and I'm definitely more on that path than the seven eight path. Um, Again, yeah. Naughty Dog gets kind of, I don't want to say gets a pass because they do make really good games, but I know way more people who don't like playing Naughty Dog games than playing these type of games. And I feel like that doesn't really get reflected in, yeah. in I kinda, these reviews. I would agree. Like, I was thinking, I remember because if you were an Assassin's Creed fan, I remember when people, like, they would always mention, like, where they want the game to go next. And they would mention Japan. Like years ago, like, oh, how cool would it be a, a, a Assassin's Creed in like Ninja versus Samurai or whatever? 
And so early on when I was playing this game, I was kind of glad it wasn't Assassin's Creed, uh, an Assassin's Creed game, because then if it was an Assassin's Creed game, it would have to be tied into the Assassin's Creed story and lore. Yeah. Whereas now that it's not, it can purely go full in. And I mean, I guess they could have done it in Assassin's Creed too, but th they get to do their own kind of story style and all the collectibles and the lore and the, you know, it, it really, it, it's easier to, it, it and it should be done with the Japanese culture and not be, have the limits of like, well, Assassin's Creed is telling this story, so we would need to find a way to bring in the Knights of the Templar and stuff. It's like, no, I don't really care about the, that shit right now in yeah. this in this setting. Yep. So I'm glad it actually wasn't an Assassin's Creed game um, because back in the day, I used to think like, oh man, I would love an Assassin's Creed in Japan. But I'm glad this game exists over that one. So Yeah, definitely agree with that. I'm, I'm oh, trying and then to, I'm um, trying to look up some reviews and it, like I'm looking right here, the the most common complaint against it is repetitive side quests. Oh my god, that's stupid. That is so <laughs> stupid. Yeah, I wouldn't agree with that complaint either. That is, I'm like, were you even playing the game? What the hell are you talking about? Um, one thing that, um, like Corey mentioned, he's surprised Sucker Punch made this game. There was actually an article. I don't know if I could find it. I forgot, like. Um, I forgot what if it was just Japanese publishers or whatever. Like they praised the game, but so, there was like a quote where they they said they wish Japan had made it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which I could I could kind of see. I don't know if that meant. I, I don't think that was meant as an insult or like no. a, a um, um, it's a compliment. I think. Yeah, like they, they're. I think it was meant out of jealousy. I was like, I really wish we had made this game. <laughs> like, yeah. And and not like complaining like, oh, you know, Western culture shouldn't make this. I think it was just like because they praised it, so I, I think it was more. And I thought it was funny. It was PlayStation 4's fastest selling first party, according to Wikipedia, it's a mouthful, fastest selling first party original IP debut. Yeah, I've wow. seen that a few places. That's, yeah. that's legit. Oh, uh, the that's Yakuza, Yakuza director the, uh, who did the Yakuza game pra praised Ghost of Tsushima and says Japan should have made it. <laughs> Maybe they can make that's Ghost funny. of Tsushima too, because I'm can almost guarantee we're going to get another one. Yeah. Um, this I want to. This is one of those games. I mean, I haven't finished. The, I'm. I think I'm almost at Act Three. I'm almost done with Act Two. Um, but, but similar to Last of Us, like I don't know if I want a, a sequel to this. But it, it all depends on where the story goes. So we'll see. It's funny but, to me that Sucker Punch and Gorilla Games both made new IPs this generation and completely knocked it out of the park. Oh yeah. I was a huge infamous Second Son fan, but I mean, like, I know that game wasn't the best, but this game is just a 180 on that. Like, it's so much better. I was wondering, what other games has Sucker Punch done? Infamous. 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 Yeah. That's theirs. Okay. There is an Easter egg to the in the in Ghost of Tsushima toward uh, Second Son. Really? Because I was like. I wasn't sure, but I was wondering, like, oh, they must have made Infamous Second Son because that's what this is. Um, Sly Cooper would be probably the only other familiar. Uh, oh, is that the Raccoon stealth game or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. I'm going over making sure I didn't miss anything. Oh, um, one thing I like that they did, and this is probably my last point. Um, I, I Actually, I might have... Tell me if I already mentioned this, but, like, with the haikus and the hot springs that you can go to and find, they have these moments where you reflect. And I think you mentioned it, Corey, but 
I noticed like th those instances helps you like because in a game like this where it's an open world game where it's like you can easily just ignore the main story and it and there's like a disconnect you know where it's like oh that's kind of problematic to the pacing the the reflection kind of keeps that that plot like still yeah. relevant as you're yep. completely ignoring it you know what i mean yeah. yep. and i think that's super smart of them to do that it's almost like uh, it's almost like you read a book and then you go to school and you take a quiz on it. Like it, it's not exactly that because it doesn't feel like work, but it does give you a moment of mindfulness. Like reflect, you're actually reflecting on things and themes that have happened in the game. The one I um, that stands out, I can't remember exactly what happened in the story, but there were a bunch of people that died, and then I climbed in a hot spring, and it told me to reflect on death, and it was, like, very fresh in my mind. <laughs> I tried to write my haiku in a way that spoke to the experience that I had just had. Yeah, and I love how, like, when, you, when you're picking your headbands, it, it still uh, remembers the haiku you wrote when yeah. you're equipping it. Like, you can see, oh, that's the haiku I wrote. Um, what, what have you been using as your outfit most of the time? What what are your favorites to dress is, as? Is is Ronin one of them? Yeah, the the Ronin outfit. Yeah, that's the uh, one then. I've I've been switching from the Traveler to the clan the the normal clan samurai one, the level one, because you can actually change your. I I learned this later, but you can actually swap the the level appearance of that armor um, as uh -oh. an overlay. You don't have to be stuck because like when I was leveling it up, I hated how like the upgraded version looked because it was so yeah. bulky. But you can actually just hit triangle when you're equipping it and it'll change it back between the levels. Oh, so yeah, I didn't know that. that. And there's also a white and black armor die uh, merchant. There's two different merchants. One does all white and another does all black. And I was like, thank you, game developers. Because that's one of the things that is most requested, especially like back in my Halo, uh, in my Destiny days when I played Destiny. All everyone wanted was like just shaders or dyes or whatever of like, I just want to be kit in all black. I just yeah. want to look all black. Why is it so hard for developers <laughs> to just put that in their fucking game? Yeah. And sure enough, they have it in this game where like, if you want to be all black in whatever you're wearing, you can. And, and so I do an all black with Traveler and then a white sword. Because I guess in Japan, white is actually uh, the equivalence of death instead of black where it is here uh -huh. so I, I bring death upon my enemies with my sword. <laughs> nice. yeah. uh, a little role playing there yeah that's great okay any other thoughts on ghost of tsushima i was trying uh, to think of things i didn't like and i couldn't come up with anything so uh at the very least there's nothing about this game that is offensive that i can think of Huh. Yeah, there's nothing. I, I think I mentioned it. I mean, the only thing I can think of is that the the villain is cool, but he he kind of kind of uh, fades away a, a little bit, at least in the middle part of the game. Maybe he. I mean, I, I'm assuming once you get toward the end, then he's really in focus. But um, that's probably my only beef. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm definitely giving it more time. I'm not giving up on it. Well, what do you got? Any final thoughts? Fantastic game. Uh, not many games can keep me up until eight in the morning. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, and again, I'll put my two cents in. It's a game that I, I'm, I look forward to the PC release. Cause that's, that's where I'll play it. Finally. I think you'll, if you, if you liked Odyssey, you should like Ghost of the Tsushima. And yeah. that, and that sounds kind of like a, Oh, that, you know, it's just the same game. It, it's, 
it kind of is, but it, it has its own style and everything. Like it, it's it's only the same in terms of it's an open world game. Yeah, you know, I mean, I could I, I can honestly see myself liking this a little bit better. Yeah. Um. So for some people like me and my friend, like Odyssey started becoming just way too big of a game. Yeah. And this one, it's it's kind of I don't know what the world map size is, but in terms of the missions and everything, it's just like scaled down. And at 33 years old, that's perfect because (laughs) I can't do the continent size of Odyssey. (laughs) It it got to where I was like, there's so much to Odyssey. Also, the the loading time is like, it's like 10 times. It takes 10 times longer to load on Odyssey than it does in Tsushima. It's sorcery. I don't know how they did it. Yeah, it's it's crazy. absolutely insane how quick the stuff loads in this game and i kind of wish they added and dishonor 2 has this like when something's complete completed and loading it doesn't just take you into the game you have to hit a button to continue um and i saw like some uh, like they actually had to nerf the loading times in ghost of tsushima because it would load too quick because they would give you tips um an easy solution is just add that same mechanic of push a button if you want to actually enter the game otherwise because like i want to read all the tips because sometimes there's some stuff at least early on but like you, you, it, it loads so quick you don't have time to read the one line tip. Yep. Like, yeah, you'll load and you'll like be halfway through the sentence and then it, it just loads again. It's like oh shit, like it's, that's it's really honestly impressive. the thing I'm most looking forward to for the next gen consoles is full on solid state drives because playing games on PC and playing games on my Xbox are two vastly different things. Even my Switch doesn't load as slowly as my Xbox does. I know the the games aren't necessarily one to one, but like uh, Breath of the Wild did it did an update where they improved loading times like late in the game. You know, it was like two years after the game came out. They put out a patch that increased load times, and it just makes it that much better. Nice. So, so this is a different discussion. Am I the only person on the planet that's okay with load times? Because I look at my phone for that minute or two. I'm okay with it, Will, for exactly the same reason, honestly. But uh, it's just, it just stood out to me the, the the contrast between Odyssey and Tsushima. So you're definitely right. I just feel so disconnected from reality when it loads so quick because I don't do anything other than just constantly play. Then I lose track of time, and then next thing you know, again it's eight in the morning, and I'm like, oh my god, like what happened? Yeah. <laughs> Um, sure. I think it just, for me, it depends on how long it's loading. Cause there, there are times where it's like, I mean, I can't recall what game it, it is, but like, since I, if it takes like three minutes to load, I think, I guess Grand Theft Auto was notorious for like, you know, like, Oh, let me, let me take a lap around my apartment building and you come back and still loading. <laughs> you know, it's just like, okay. Yeah. That's Red Dead is like that too. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Rockstar yeah. games just like. Okay, yeah, let's, with, let's with Assassin's with. Creed, because I would always I would always put it on like the the freeze mode or whatever that Xbox has, but it only works like half the time. And, you know, I'm usually limited in the amount of time that I get to play. So that three minutes just feels like an eternity that sure. I'm waiting for the game to reload after if, if the if the whatever quick save or sleep mode didn't end up working. I haven't had that issue with uh, the Plague Tale. It's just with Assassin's Creed. It would only work like half the time. Other times I would just have to start up the game from from the beginning. I don't I don't know why. It's weird. Hmm. Um, I just realized that 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 feature of, of this generation I've it's to, I feel like I've underrated it a lot. Where I realized throughout my whole Ghost of Tsushima playthrough and Last of Us Two, 
how great it is to put it in rest mode, yeah. hit the PS button the next day, and boom, I'm 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 there. Yeah. And, yeah. and and you know Xbox, I'm you know obviously does this too and stuff, and I'm sure it's just gonna get better in the next yeah. generation. But it's like that that's one of those things you don't realize you want it so badly, and it's like oh we have it, and it's it's just something you get so used to quickly. Like how how yeah. spoiled we are. Especially. <laughs> like, Especially because we're all, you know, older now. We have we have to play our games in piecemeal. Like I, you know, I don't have eight hour marathons where I play a game. I have to. It's got to be an hour here and an hour there. Sometimes I can get three or four hours uninterrupted, but that's that's rare. So yeah, being able to just boot right into the game immediately. That's one of the reasons why I like the Switch so much. And the 3DS to a lesser extent is the same way. Anytime I have eight hours to game, I just get analysis paralysis and play Rocket League for <laughs> for six, and then try try to do something else for the remaining two. If, if I ever had that long to play video games, I would probably just end up taking a nap instead. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Were, were you going to say something, Corey? Nope. Someone said, "What's what's uh?" uh I was gonna. Uh, oh, that was you. Are you playing ranked in Rocket League, Corey? Uh, yes, I will just, yeah, I've uh, been playing on PlayStation just because that's what's currently hooked up to my TV. Gotcha. Um, where are you at right now? I, I don't, I didn't want to take too much, like, uh, just really quickly. I'm just interested. Um, I really don't remember. I'm definitely ranked lower on PlayStation than I am on Xbox, but I want to say I just, I, I'm like Diamond, or yeah, not Diamond, uh, Plat 2 in doubles. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I can't remember. I play all the playlists. I have all four going at any point. So I, I was bringing it up because like uh, this, I I haven't I hadn't played Rocket League like the past year or whatever. And like in the last five months, like I got back into it pretty hardcore. And I thought this was the moment I was going to hit champion. And, <laughs> and it's I think the season's about to end. I, I just could not do it. Like oh, there's, there's that point where you're like, I, I'm not good enough. I'm just not good enough. <laughs> so and and that was like the goal I set for myself early on. Like if I can never reach it, then I, I won't ever worry about like, yeah, you know, but I was I was this close and I just couldn't do it. it, was, it was I, kinda... I got into Diamond on Xbox, but I couldn't I couldn't get out. Of, I think Diamond one or maybe Diamond. I think I got up to Diamond two was my best. But yeah. fortunately, I've never had to, to flirt with champion. So I don't know what um, that feels like. And, and that reminds me, I'll bring up something about Rocket League and Nibble Bits later. Um, it might have oh, been yeah. mentioned in, in the previous episode, but... No, I don't think uh, so. I think I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, yeah. Exciting news. Yeah. Okay, Corey, Hi. you have to peace out now? Or are you yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. I'm going to go on vacation, okay. so you guys yeah. enjoy the show. Tito, thanks, as always, for joining us and giving sure. us your well-thought-out thoughts. And no enjoy, enjoy your trip, Corey. Good yeah, talking. Thanks for coming on, Corey. All right, thanks. Take care, guys. See ya. All right, Tito, if you want to go ahead and and because we're in nibble bits now, go ahead and start with the Rocket League news. I've been saying this for the past two years, and it's finally happening. Rocket League going free to play. Yes, but it's it's not all. Yeah, Yeah. it's a great idea. It's not all good, though, because that means because they got bought or I guess they partnered with Epic. I don't know the total partnership when that happened a a while back, but they're now uh, under the Epic tree. So when they go free to play, that means it won't be available on Steam. Oh, um, it's coming off of Steam. Uh, the store page. Uh, you can still play it through oh, Steam, from okay, what I understand. But you just can't buy it through Steam once it goes. Okay. Or well, you're not going to be able to buy it anyways. It's free, but right. it won't be available on Steam after that. Okay. Hmm. I very um, much dislike that. Yeah, I didn't love it, but uh, what are you going to do? But honestly, if if you've been playing, nothing's going to change. Like you can still play it through Steam. 
Um, it's just you can't. It, it's not going to be available on the store page, um, which I guess makes sense because whatever for business reasons, who knows? Yeah. Um, so are it was kind of bittersweet. They, are they changing it at all? Are they doing updates or is it's, it just just a free to play move? It's from what I, I mean, there, there'll be there, there's going to be changes actually, but in terms of trying to improve like the, their tournament system that they have in game, you know, um, in terms of the core gameplay of how the game functions, it's all the same. So okay. But exciting, in my opinion. I'm yeah, like, absolutely. They all laughed at me, and <laughs> now look, here so. it is. Okay. Uh, anything else, Tito? Um, in terms of nibbles, let me make sure. Okay. Um, I got some. I don't know if this falls under nibble bits, so I'll talk about it during like my week. Okay. Um, but yeah, Will? that's all I have for nibble bits. We got Will. No nibble bits. I did want to talk about the Xbox conference just because get my thoughts out there. Oh but yeah. I might wait for week because it's been two two weeks or yeah, should i just do it now however you want to do it it's up to you will i guess i'll do it now just because i don't have too awful much to say i actually kind of enjoyed it i know i'm kind of feel like i'm one of the only people i didn't think halo infinite looked that bad uh people were besides them beside themselves though about it <laughs> yes um, they were i don't know i might just be very very easily swayed and get excited about things uh but i liked it don't know whatever uh, i thought avowed looked really cool it looks like skyrim on steroids uh, yeah that was the game i about. couldn't that was the game i that we yeah. talked about last week that i could not come up with the name of i'm excited that, for that that game might be special i don't want to say yet but it might be who's making it obsidian, obsidian. okay interesting obsidian yeah. had a had a couple of bangers because uh, grounded got uh, it's it's it came out did it come out today, but there's a free like uh, like early not early access but like a free preview for it uh, on Game Pass. So I downloaded it earlier. I'm gonna give it a try for hopefully next week. Free to play? No, it's just uh, the Xbox Game Pass has a free 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 trial, I guess, okay. of it for a little while. I didn't look up the specifics yet because I, I just downloaded it. I found found that out this afternoon. So interesting. I'll have to give it a give it a try and check it out. Yeah. Um also Fable, that's exciting. I kind of feel like we won't see anything from Fable for a new another year or two. Yeah. Kind of feeling. I was I was really hoping we'd get more from that, but it whatever. It's it'll it, probably be I I'm guessing a next year holiday release for, for Fable. I would agree with that one hundred percent with on uh with that statement but honestly like i didn't think it was that all that bad i'm kind of excited for the the new, i'm calling it the sex box if that's okay yeah sure okay so i hate the name xbox series x so i've just been calling that at work with everybody so just organically flows off of my tongue so uh if i call it that i'm referring it to the new xbox what what, what do you call it the sex box sex box it's, it's, um, it's a better name. The Xbox Series X is a terrible name. That's it's, worse. It's Wii U terrible. Yeah, it, I was going to say it might the, be worse. That's the official name of the, the new Xbox coming out? Mm-hmm. Xbox, Xbox Series X? Yeah. Yep. Damn. That's... And then there's, there's going to be Xbox Series S, which is going to be the digital only one that's a little bit oh smaller. Oh my god. Isn't that is terrible? With... Whatever. I mean, it, from... I mean, I guess it won't matter because if if history has to say anything, like they should win this next generation 
yeah. council board, whatever. Yeah, they know. seem to flip flop every every time. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. So Dan, with you saying the Xbox Series S, I guess they're halting production on the Xbox X One X. What is that called? Yeah, the Xbox One X. Yeah, they're only. I think they're only still making the S's, right? Yeah, so they're only making S's, and I guess the Series S is going to be the digital one, which is taking its spot. Which okay, so they're still making that for now until the Series S comes out. Yep, which okay. kind of interests me if it's going to be cheaper because long story short i've already hit my savings goal for moving out to hawaii so i've got like four or five more months to make money so i'm like ooh, i'm gonna buy a computer a playstation 5 and a sex box well yeah because so, you, you texted me about building your, your computer and i absolutely can do that yeah you were probably like wait he just got a laptop <laughs> did you get a laptop yeah. Oh, I didn't know you ended up buying a laptop too. Yeah, kind of what happened was it's like I hit my goal already, and I'm like, huh, all right, there's another stimulus check coming. Huh. Yeah. I might as well use it. This time. I, I have last time. I have also spent too much money in the past two weeks <laughs> <laughs> recently. So. Just thinking that same way, I was like, yeah, we'll get another check probably later down the line. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah when, when we get, I'm getting my graphics card when we get get our next one so i'm on yeah. the same boat so tito it's funny when you say oh like you know it should be you know future investing yada 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 and i'm yeah. just sitting here, i'm like yeah i'm about to just start buying everything that i see <laughs> you're getting this this check of money is like yeah i'm just gonna spend it immediately <laughs> just, yeah, on a computer, which I don't just, need. just look at it this way you're spending it on mental health exactly yeah. That's how I explain it i was literally texting johnny dan and i was like johnny oh my god he goes what I was like, I'm going to buy a PC, the new Xbox, and the new PlayStation. <laughs> Jesus. He's like, oh, no, don't do it. Well, the thing is, I can build you a pretty good PC for like seven or eight hundred bucks. Really? Yeah. Depending on the graphics card you want, that's the biggest, uh, biggest expense, probably. So it's, that makes the biggest difference, but. Kind of what I'm thinking is. 1500 oh you could i could i could build you a really good gaming pc with like a, a rtx 2070 for less than that i want to be able to i've been saying it and this is going to be overkill because it's gonna the whatever computer i build is going to run everything fine but i want to have something that i can play age of empires 4 and diablo 4 on when they come out Ooh. um you can play that on old stuff probably but I kind of just like I want to be able to play Horizon Zero Dawn in its absolute beauty and glory on a sweet 1440p monitor. Well, I was going to say what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to get like a good monitor, a high refresh rate, probably ultra wide curve monitor. That's going to be make the biggest difference for you for for gaming. So I was actually because I've been talking to Johnny about it, too, and he suggested doing uh, a 1440p monitor yeah. and then the same monitor but not 1440 just 1080 because you're not going to need the 1440 for both monitors unless you really just want to go for it monitors are a little expensive so i'd rather get one and then a cheaper monitor but of the same brand so it's kind of the same size and then just kind of go for it at the actual pc because the way i look at it is with this another check coming supposedly i'm only going to be spending four hundred dollars probably for everything and i don't really want one of those keyboards that are all light up and crazy 
you know, I just want my, you're going to want one. (laughs) Well, how my laptop is, is it's lightly backlit. That's all I really want because I want to do like more of a color scheme with like lights around my computer as opposed to like my keyboard being all like crazy. I don't know. And clicky. Look look at this. Here's a question. Oh yeah. (laughs) That is, that is pretty nice. Also in the dark, when you have your lights off, like being able to like, no move yeah. yourself around the keyboard it's kind of yeah. beneficial um but sure. are we at a point in the year 2020 where the the resolution to go with is 4k like have you thought about that um yeah there, there's mixed feelings on on 4k because 4k obviously takes a lot of horsepower and you can do it um but you don't always see the benefit uh you know sitting at a pc Really, people. A lot of people say 1440p, and and also high refresh rate is is the way to go for so for gaming, right? Yeah, gaming for 144 hertz, 240 hertz monitors they make, and that's that's what people go for. Uh, and with G Sync or FreeSync, that's a good point. Yeah, depending. Like if you're if you're doing something with work and you want the real estate 4K, but if this is for yeah gaming and yep. I would say like refresh rate over resolution, yes, honestly, absolutely, and then go. Um, go 14 like 1440 seems to be the new 1080 so yeah, yeah. and it's it's different because for the computers i build for work like we they have they run uh two to four 4k tvs but that's workflow again and but the 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 4k windows is it gets all janky mm-hmm. and looks very very bizarre my, my boss runs all that stuff so he, he tests everything on 4k so i don't i don't see it but he said it it, it distorts like the windows experience yeah. in weird ways so gotcha if it was probably i think mac handles it a little better but because they early on they have their whole retina display thing so um so yeah kind of the the gist of it is i do want to have a computer that'll play horizon on mac settings and look awesome and run awesome thinking by mid-september is when i'm yeah. gonna probably pull the, Pull the, only, trigger. the only hard part is is some parts are hard to find. Um, if you're looking for Intel processors, Intel processors are hard to find. There's a ton of Ryzen stuff, which I would probably I would probably recommend Ryzen anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, because they're <laughs> a lot cheaper and a lot easier to find, and you're not going to notice a difference uh, with gaming. RAM is cheap and easy to find. Hard drives are cheap and easy to find. Motherboards, again, they're more prevalent for Ryzen systems. Graphics cards are hard to find. Um, Best Buy actually has them in stock where Amazon doesn't, which is kind of weird. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to have to get creative with how I get everything. Yeah, I would I would recommend. Well, I, who knows two months from now, but uh, yeah, probably get, That's true. get the graphics card from Best Buy. Okay. Yeah, I have Johnny sent me like a PC part thing where he built one kind of roughly. PC part picker, yeah. Yeah, he sent me a build. Um, I don't know anything about any Parts. of that yeah yeah so it's just like okay it's in my price range so cool that happened to me when i was like i i kind of like i recently like probably i guess almost a year ago now i i upgraded and i have an rtx i got a new motherboard cpu and then i got an rtx 2080 nice. but i i could not remember or it, things always change where i was like okay what's the mobo like what's the go-to in terms of like the chipset and all that yeah. stuff, like I, I wasn't, I had, I was completely lost and like, what should I be getting in terms of motherboard? Because I had no idea. Well, and it's 
it's a headache sometimes. Yeah. So with motherboards, I can tell you that like if you get a, you're wasting money if you get a really super high end gaming motherboard because there's not a ton of difference between that and like a ninety or hundred dollar uh, motherboard. Yeah. Oh, what do I have? I don't even remember what I got. But yeah, I know what you mean because like it seems like like of, of the things to spend money on that you don't want to skimp, it's power supply. Yeah, and your, your I guess your graphics card because yep, that's power, yeah power supply because you want you want to make sure your rig is supplied the power that it needs, and then yeah graphics card because that makes that's ninety percent of of gaming is is the yeah. graphics card so, um, yeah. and then I, I do have a a nice uh, CPU that I decided to like oh I'll get something slightly better in case I do want to do some editing which was yeah. uh, I I don't I, I don't remember if it was i seven or i nine but a ninety seven hundred K okay yep. That's a good one. Yeah. That's what we put in all of our uh, all of our work PCs that we build. Yeah, it's a good one. Interesting. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's crazy uh, that I went from selling my PC because I'm moving to an island where I'm not gonna, you know, a laptop's gonna be fine, and now I'm just like oh, I'm buying everything now. Like yeah, you can take a PC with you. It's not easy, but. Yeah, I, I would take that. What I'm worried about. Well, I would take it on the plane with me and carry it on my freaking lap. <laughs> well, so this is actually my dilemma is I'm going to be leaving with probably uh, like three suitcases worth of stuff with all of my clothes, my laptop, probably my Switch and PS5 will be the two consoles that I'll have with it with me. And because those will be the ones I'll keep from the rest of the year until I move because I'll probably be using them the most and all my clothes, and then I have to ship out computer, the Xbox, uh, whatever else I have laying around. So it's, it's going to be kind of expensive, which I'm not looking forward to. And I have to buy a bed and a computer desk and probably another TV. So, yes. What? Uh, I'm sorry if I wasn't paying attention. Where are you moving? Uh, <laughs> I don't think I ever announced on the podcast that I'm doing because I haven't been on in like the last it's been, month it's been a couple weeks yeah yeah so i'm actually moving out to hawaii at the new year damn <laughs> <laughs> so, right. so oh you won't be on pacific coast i think hawaii has actually its own time zone own but time zone. So you'll be closer to my time zone nice you and i will be two to three hours apart because it changes and then it's to dan and the rest of my family is going to be six hours yeah, five or crazy. yeah. <laughs> and i'll tell you from from the pacific to the east coast the the three hour difference doesn't sound like a lot three hours like it is it, it, it is yeah. It, yeah. It, it it actually it, like it matters that three yeah. hours actually i know because my family just bothers me at the wrong time of day yeah, yeah. i'm like you can't be texting me at 7 a.m because it's 4 a.m like what's yeah, wrong with yeah you? so it's funny like when i record podcasts it's gonna be 3 p.m there nice so it's going to be completely different. So that's, that's, I'm excited for it. That's going to be actually kind of good because like you still have like the rest of the day to do some shit, I guess, maybe. It's definitely going to be preferred because we'll finish by like five, six. Yeah, because there will be a mental adjustment, though, because if you've been living in a way where like the end of your day is the podcast, mm-hmm. then, you know, when you when you're done at 6 p.m., you're like, oh, shit, like, <laughs> what do you're going to be that? really late. You're going to feel really lazy in terms of, like, you don't fit as much in the day because, yeah. like, you know, uh, thumbstick athletes is, like, the end of my day. And it's like, yeah. no, you still have, like, four four hours until 10 p.m. Like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, it's like, wow, what am I going to do with all this? Because usually what I do is I have Thursdays off, generally. It's been a little bit different in the last couple of weeks. So, basically, I'm going to keep the Thursdays off when I go out there, hopefully. 
um, and just kind of after that, either cook dinner, hang out. I don't know. Like it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be totally is, different. Is this for college or work or? Well, so one of my best friends actually he he was in the Air Force, did that, whatever. He's out now doing school. So they're kinda like covering it. So basically wherever he goes, he just like picks where he decides. He actually decided on Hawaii on a whim last summer and he asked me to go, but he gave me a like two week notice to like get a ticket and my parents were in Canada visiting our sister. So I was like, well, no, I can't leave, like I won't have enough time. Uh, so moved to Connecticut, whatever, came back. And I had mentioned during like quarantine, I was like, oh man, like I wish I went to Hawaii. Like that would have been awesome. He's like, oh, you still can't. So I started thinking about it and I was like, you know what? Like I do want to do school. Don't really like Connecticut enough to like want to do school and stay out there for three, four years. So I was like, you know what? Why not? Why not? Just do it. Yeah. Uh, so I've just been saving money like crazy. Like I said, I already hit my goal. So I'm just kind of like, you know, like, you know, whatever is extra I have, I'm going to go out there with as much as I can. I've got a job lined up uh, and I'm applying to school. So Sweet. just kind of doing it. One of my other friends is potentially going to. So there's going to be three to four of us this time. So nice. Should be fun. Should be a good adventure. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a lot, it's expensive, but it's not any more expensive than where I was in Connecticut. So I, can't, I, I was going to say, I can't imagine it's much more expensive than where we live anyway. Yeah, yeah, so looking at it, like my rent is going to be around the same, which is fine. And I was paying that fine until the entire country fell apart because of yeah. coronavirus. Yeah. So it, hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, you know, things clear up and things kind of get back to normal and it doesn't happen again for another God knows how long. I should be fine. Yeah, that should be. That's the interesting part is uh, the idea of like, Oh, this this might be a recurring thing that like happened like you know every couple of years like the you know who who yeah. knows hopefully we'll have the super AI computers cracking these vaccines yeah. like butter you know yeah. But yeah. We'll, we'll see we'll see Kill them. get rid of them so uh, I do know Hawaii's had no coronavirus cases recently which is really cool um, they're kind of making everybody quarantine as soon as they get off the plane so that's awesome um, I. Me and all of the people who are going have decided, though, that if things shut down and school goes back to online, we're just going to fly back to New York and post up where we've been for the last couple months and just, like, do school online. And we have a gym in the area that we go to at my friend's house. So we have that and just kind of be here. So that's kind of what we decided on. So if things get bad out there, we'll just fly back. Save on rent, I guess. Save on rent, yeah. So... Yeah, that uh, was like one one thing that was interesting that I didn't think about initially when the quarantine hit is just like if you're out if you're out in LA and you're still working but in a work from home scenario or any place that's like really expensive like LA or New York or San Francisco whatever is like just live go back to your parents' place live with them like stop paying rent or like people were closing off their car insurance or whatever because it's like well why do I yeah. I'm not even using my car you know like that's, all that's all the things yeah all the things to save money I was like. And I couldn't do that because I just moved. So I, I'm like stuck with a year, you know, a year lease on this apartment. And I was like, oh, God, that would have been kind of nice. Not that I need it, but I was just like, oh, that would have been great to like not pay the ridiculous L.A. rent for how long this this was going to last while still working and making money. It was just like that. That's so smart. <laughs> I should. I wish I could do that. Yeah, so there's been a big exodus, at least from New York City, uh, people moving upstate. And 
<laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so our, our we're selling our old house in the next like week or so. So Smart. It's, it's worth more than than we anticipated it would be because of the uh, the demand, the exodus. Yeah, nice. But people I mean, doing just that because you could buy you know our old house. It's not very big, but it's bigger than most New York City apartments. Oh yeah, and, you know, buy that for a lot cheaper than than you know living in a hallway in New York City for twenty five hundred dollars a month. Yeah. So, I mean, say. we are kind of. Lo- I don't want to say lucky, but like we're in a good area, Dan kind of where we're at because everything is pretty pretty secluded a lot of spaced out stuff it's not too bad out here so you know i don't blame people wanting to be in this sort of what is it i think you guys talked about binghamton was like on top places it was was like number four (laughs) cities to move uh fleeing fleeing uh coronavirus like binghamton yeah pulls my mind it usually makes the most depressed and cloudiest cities and fattest cities that's the yep. the list it usually makes so they have no idea what they're getting themselves <laughs> they, into no they don't <laughs> i will <laughs> i will say though that coming back to binghamton i enjoy it and appreciate it a lot more um the quaintness or what, what, what would you say it is i think it was so I always, where I was at, it was basically rich Binghamton. Uh, and I don't really like the the rich mindset of a lot of people, um, a lot, especially a lot of the younger people. Um, I'm just not a career-focused person where all of those people are all like their finance job, very focused on what their career is, the people that they want to surround themselves with. I was never really about that in any way. Um I like to live my life kind of how I like to. Uh, and yeah. Binghamton's way more with that and laid back than it was out there. Gotcha. Um, and a lot of people like work in New York City where I was at. So it kind of makes sense because that's kind of how New York City is kind of structured. Um, and I just did not enjoy that aspect of it at all. So coming out here or back here, it's kind of more of what I like. And then Hawaii from everybody who I know who has lived there, been there, it's very laid back, very relaxing, very chill. So it's going to be binghamton to a tropical binghamton you know basically yeah i I still haven't visited hawaii so who knows if you're out there i might might take a little trip i've been telling everybody that i'm friends with and people i know like come out visit like you're basically gonna have a free place to stay while you explore oahu or whatever other island you want to go to so i've been telling everybody come out yeah so yes but especially once things are that have once the shit has kind of gotten off the fan a little bit, you know, and it's like, okay, you can start, like, don't worry. I mean, I, w- I was recently camping where it's like, when you're out there, you know, like away from big cities or whatever, it's like, it's not it's like, I almost forgot what it felt like to like, not worry about like, oh, where's my mask? You know, yeah. like, the, yeah, it's kind yep. of crazy. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, okay. that should be fun. Uh, oh, we were on nibble bit, so we got sidetracked there a little bit. <laughs> That's right. That pretty there's, much covered that, my week. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just had one quick nibble bit, and that's that there's a new Animal Crossing update that involves fireworks. For one, there's going to be fireworks every Sunday night, and then they added a dream mode, which allows you to explore other islands without a lot of the hullabaloo that you mm. that was involved before. I can't get the specifics because I haven't done it yet, but uh, apparently it does make things a little bit easier. So, uh, once good. I once I actually do that, I'll 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 report on that. Uh, I saw something about a photo mode thing too. Do you know anything about that? 
Like there was like a a weird glitch thing from a, like a previous update, and then they actually just made it an official thing that oh, started originally was like a glitch or something. I'll have to, I'll have to check that out. I don't, I don't yeah. know about that. I think I saw it on Kotaku. If anyone okay. wants to Google that on their own, but yeah, I might. I might. It's been a while. I might boot up Animal Crossing yeah. soon. We'll see. Yeah, you check on your villagers, make sure they're all still <laughs> there and alive. A horror um, show. <laughs> yeah. All dead bodies on the ground. I think that's it for Nibble Bits. Uh, Tito, talk about your week. I know you so, yeah, I went on vacation. I needed to get away from the work from home thing. It was driving me crazy. Um, I took, I'm, I'm in LA, so I, I asked some friends around what I should do. I have done very little sightseeing of California, which is a very big state. Um, and it's one of the, it's, it's such a cool state it, it, because it has like all the biomes. Um, so I decided to kind of drive up and sightsee. I visited like a little sea town called Cambria, which was okay. Like, I, I, they, like my friend was like obsessed with it and, uh, I visited it and it was, I was like, okay, you know, this is cool. Uh, I did some camping in Big Sur. Everyone loves going to Big Sur. You, you, I think I saw some redwoods there. It's not really where the redwoods are. It's, it's further north, but there, I guess there are some. They look like redwoods. I don't know what trees they were, but fucking gi- gigantic. It was kind of amazing. Did some nice there. Um, I went to this beach called Pfeiffer Beach, um, which is like kind of hidden away. You have to kind of know where to find it. And it was, you know, there's some rocks on the shore and everything. It's really pretty. But I was like decked out in camping gear, you know, like khakis, you know, socks, boots and stuff, because um, I, I don't love the beach, honestly. Um, but, you know, I had my lawn chair, a little cooler, a uh, book. I think I was reading. I, I finally decided to finish 1984 because it was oh, a book I started years ago. It's so good, too. Finally finished it after like a two or three year hiatus. Uh-huh. Um, I fell asleep twice. It's, it's like when you're in that area, it gets really foggy in the mornings. It's like very, you know, it's kind of chill. Yeah. Um, I took two naps on the beach, like while reading on my lawn chair. Biggest sunburn I've oh, ever got. I haven't had a sunburn in 20 years. And I went like, I, I, I'll probably like send you like Will on Facebook Messenger, a photo of my leg. Cause yeah. it's almost comical. Cause I always like played sports soccer as a kid. So for most of my life, I've always had the feet of a white man. Like I'm, yeah. you know, I'm Puerto Rican. I have tan skin. But because I would always wear shoes and especially in soccer where you like sweat a lot and, you know, your skin gets really pale and you get like these tan lines from the shin guards. And I always had these farmer tan lines of like your shoes. (laughs) So imagine like really pale feet and then, you know, you get dark skin tone of a Puerto Rican and then sunburn. The difference is like 20 shades. It's insane. (laughs) It's hilarious. It, I'd I'd be laughing if it wasn't like such a bad sunburn where I'm I'm really worried I gave myself skin cancer like down the line, you know hopefully not. Um, but I've been lucky enough where like it's not bothering me too much, and I've been religiously just putting aloe vera moisturizer like on my legs and then a little bit on my nose. It didn't get too bad. Um, but yeah, it hasn't hurt and the skin hasn't peeled away. But I was kicking myself because like. You got to be careful because like it was foggy, like there was no sun at all. And I just didn't know the area. And I stupidly just fell asleep at the beach, which is like a a big no, no when you're, you know, just out in the open. Um, Luckily, you know, I was actually wearing like shirt, you know, and shorts and all this stuff. Imagine if I had like I mean, it was too cold to like be shirtless like you're at the beach with just your trunks. But if if it was, it would have been way worse. So I kind of got even lucky there. But. And that was my week, and I got back, and just continued playing Ghost of Tsushima, and that's 
that's been my week. Um, I also bought my first piece of art for the apartment oh, um, nice. that I hung on the wall. Um, got excited about that. Some uh, little art piece from my favorite show, Avatar: The Last Airbender, that I I got on my in my room now. And nice. slowly but surely, I'll start be, start to get more art for my apartment. I started watching Avatar, by the way. I haven't seen it all the way through. I saw bits and pieces, but I just yeah. started it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it, it's great. It, it kind of does the Harry Potter thing where it, it grows with you. So, mm-hmm. and it's it's just three seasons of um, twenty episodes. So it's it's you can see the whole thing religiously, like if you want it in a week, you know. Week. I know they're adding Legend of Korra um, this month, coming month, which is cool yeah, to Netflix. Um, it's nowhere near as good, but it's still. You know, I mean, if, if you really like the universe, I think it, it's been awesome to see the resurgence in the interest in the show because the dedicated fans of the I mean, this is a 15, 16 year old show like yep. it came out in 2005 and it and I'll just mention it now because I, I was going to mention it down the line. But it it broke the rec- the Netflix record for most days in the top 10 um, beating Ozark, which was at like 57 days. And last I checked, I, I, I think I, the streak is probably over, but it was at 61 days. Wow. And for a 15-year-old cartoon show, you know, like yeah. off Nickelodeon. And and it speaks volumes to, like, this isn't just a dumb Nickelodeon. Like, this is one of the best-written TV shows I've ever seen. Live-action, cartoon. Like, it's an amazing show. It has such a cool lore and, and mythology. And, and the, the magic system, is it's a hard magic system where there's, like, set rules. But it makes sense from what we know in the real world. And it's it's such an enjoyable show with amazing characters. I, I hope you enjoy it. So, yeah, I mean, like at work, because it's got added and everybody's watching it and the rate like the ages of people ranges from 17 year olds to 33 year olds who are all yeah. watching it like yep. all around the same time. It's like really cool to like be a part of that. So, yeah, I, I watched it. I, I mean, I shouldn't have been watching it when it first came out, but I was like in high school and i just I, I don't remember how i got into it but i was just like what channel am i watching like it was just very bizarre because it has like a, a western anime I, I think they describe it as a western anime mm-hmm. um where it's anime inspired and they use like korean animation companies to help build it but you can tell it's not real like traditional anime yeah but it has a great art style and it just like it catches your eye and then like over time it's just like wow this is like a really wise well-written show that's it, and, and it does something that's super hard for any TV show to do, and that's end end with a bang, like where the you could say the last episodes are the best episodes of the series. And that's yeah. how many times have people been up, you know, upset by how a series finished? You know, oh, yeah, that's yeah. very hard to do. So it's, my, it's an amazing show. My only complaint about the show so far is it does not fit my TV very well. It fits. I don't like having the black bars at the end yeah. of my TV, and it has that going on. The so that kind of kind of bums me out a little bit. But I'll get past it because yeah, there's not much you can do. I mean, the I I'll watch it on an iPad where like it, I guess it fits like an old school iPad. Yeah, the right like I don't know why, but like it doesn't have it, and you can do the zoom in thing. But I I kind of wish because they're making Netflix decided to do a live action with the original creators at the helm, and I'm sure it's definitely been pushed back because of the pandemic but honestly i wish they just took that money and just like remastered the cartoon because there's no way a live action as we've seen from if you've ever had the misfortune to see the live action movie by m night Shyamalan, which is 
awful. Like, don't <laughs> ever mention it to a, a diehard fan because we pretend that it doesn't exist. Um, I just don't see how you can do something with that kind of combat magic system, live action, and it not look stupid. Because the idea is like there's benders in the world and they can bend the elements. You know, you have earth benders, they can like throw rocks and bend, you know, water benders can take the water and like, and that's how they fight, and, you know, fire bend. It's just like, Imagine looking at that live action. It's like it's gonna look stupid. In my, in my mind, I I just don't see how it's not gonna look dumb. It I, it runs the risk of like anytime you make a cartoon into live action, like imagine if Goku had real hair. Yeah, oh, you know God. it's like I've seen art style like of that, and I'm like this would not work. Yeah, no, it, it's just like uh, I I'd rather they just take that money, remaster the cartoon, make it widescreen, sixteen by nine, make you know make it high def or whatever, you know, like I'd rather that because we know that the animation is is a masterpiece. The animated show is a masterpiece. It holds up well. Yeah, it and it's it's this was like an IP that they were ignoring, like especially Viacom which owns that property. And funny enough, I work for Viacom. Um, but it's like, now that they see like, oh shit, like people love this IP and universe. Like, why haven't we been like making this a cash cow? And I'm kind of glad they didn't because that's how you quickly just ruins an IP sometimes. But I can see a new anime there. coming from it. Yeah, I well, I, I think now they're seeing the money, like especially Netflix. They're like, oh, okay. Like they're looking at their top 10 all time, like shows that's been most streamed. Because it's like, you know, The Office constantly gets rewatched and rewatched. And they're saying now, like, oh, we have a new show in Avatar that's constantly getting rewatched and rewatched and new fans and everything. It's like, oh, here's a new thing that's actually old, but, like, was ignored for, like, 15 years. And it's like, wait, why aren't we, like, you know. So a lot of the fans, especially on the, on the subreddit, are kind of, like, living a new life of, like, excitement. They're like, we're so glad there's new people that are discovering the show, so. Because it's, it's, it's amazing. That was, uh, was like three, four years ago when Corey put all of the Dragon Ball Z seasons on his Plex server when I hurt my back really bad. I was just like, couldn't do anything other than go to class. So I was like, well, what am I going to do in my free time other than play video games? That's too much. And then like rewatching Dragon Ball Z and then getting that excitement again for that, like kicked me is, off with liking anime. So Is Dragon Ball on Crunchyroll or whatever it's called? Uh, so I watched, because I'm wondering, Fun, like... Funimation. Is, oh, okay. Funimation. They have their own streaming platform? The Dragon Ball Z? Yeah. Does Funimation have their own stream? Because I'm wondering, like, is Netflix... Would Netflix ever, like, make a, a contract with the Dragon Ball franchise to, like, hey, can we want to air your shows? Because that's another goldmine, like... To, Honestly, yeah, I'm I'm surprised that that hasn't been a thing with, like, Super... Well, Super is now on hiatus currently, but, like... When it came back, like it was huge, and I, I mean, everyone knows Dragon Ball, yeah, the, to some extent. Um, so it's, it's like fairly easy to rewatch. I mean, I, I guess yeah. the newer versions where they they cut out all the filler. Waiting. Yeah, Kai. Like I think Kai should 100% be on Netflix. I think that would do incredibly well. Yeah, because I get my only reason why it's not is because some other streaming platform already, like Crunchyroll, maybe has a contract with, like they have the rights to it or something. I'm not sure. But that's so I know. The original Dragon Ball Z is on Funimation. Kai is not on Funimation because I think when I was watching or when I had rediscovered watching anime like in 2016, 2017, I want to say Kai was still airing on Cartoon Network. Um, So I think that it wasn't 
going on because of that. And then Super is also on Funimation. So. Gotcha. Okay. But yeah, so um, we're on our week. So I think that's it for my week. Um, okay. And a- another thing I guess I wanted to bring up too um, that I like that I've been watching most of my time throughout the pandemic and just like something that I, I think other people, if, if you like watching YouTube stuff, um, I think this is the best show on YouTube. It's called Hot Ones. Um, let me know if you've heard of it. Hot Ones, it's, you've probably heard of the concept somewhere where it's a, a this interviewer, his name is Sean Evans. He has these celebrities on his show. Now they're doing it from work from home because of the pandemic, obviously, especially when it's like food related. But um, normally they have 10 wings in front of each other and it's just an interview. And each question, they eat one of the spicy wings and each wing gets hotter and hotter and hotter. And these are like some of the hottest foods in the world. Uh-huh. Um, it is by far the best show on YouTube. Um, not be- not because of the gimmick of the hot wings. He is legitimately the best interviewer I've ever seen. Like these are really, really great interviews. And and there's like, I mean, it's been it's been a show for like four four years, I would say. Um and we're talking like some big celebrities, Charlie Theron, Scarlett Johansson, Paul Rudd. I mean, even even down to like YouTube celebrities like uh, MKBHD or musicians that I've never heard. You know, just there's a plethora of episodes. So if you're looking for like that thing to just go down a rabbit hole, watch Hot Ones um, with Sean Evans. He has like his t- it's like his him, his brother and then the producer that that thought of the show. They do these dossiers on who they interview and the reason why the, the interviews are so good is like they'll go into like the no- local newspapers from when the celebrity was a kid and they'll like get all these like nitbit like info. And there's like a super cut people have done of just like all the, the people that he's interviewed just constantly complimenting him. I'm like, holy shit. Like, how did you find that? It's just like <laughs> them, like just being shocked at like where they get this info from. And the, and the questions are interesting. And it's it's also just really funny to see someone like Idris Elba. Uh, brutally suffer hot wings <laughs> does not handle it at all like, that very seem, well that doesn't seem like something they really eat in the uk so he's probably not used to that sort of stuff right? yeah and, and and also the idea is like uh the original idea is like as they get it breaks down their their barriers as they're dealing with like this hot food so that they can start asking more interesting kind of deep questions gotcha. but they they quickly learn that that it doesn't quite work like that because like once they're like dealing with the pain they don't fucking give a shit about what question they were just asked. And it's really funny because they'll just be like, dude, I don't I don't understand a fucking word you're telling me right now. I'm dealing with some pain right here. Like um, Eric Andre, who's a comedian, um, he was on again, like for the second time, like from a work from home. Like they're, they're still doing it now, but just in their own homes, uh-huh. like over like a Zoom call or something. And he didn't make it at all. <laughs> like they they had to like call it out because like he took the laptop with him to the sink and is like like about to vomit into the sink or whatever. <laughs> it's so funny but um Halle Berry like a pro like she oh. barely flinched in her episode if you go back oh, like awesome. from like last year or whatever I think she like she didn't even touch the water like she was just like downing these easily and Michael Sarah was like another guy who like Michael Sarah's like this I think a Jewish like white dude or whatever yeah, yeah. 
a pro doesn't flinch at all like it was amazing oh. i was like holy That's shit this guy handles his hot wings so really great show not because of the gimmick the interviews are actually really amazing so okay. highly recommend it i will i will definitely check that out that sounds awesome yeah just like subscribe to it they're they're and they're not like five minutes like they're long episodes but there's something about the way it is like people want those longer episodes they love the 20 minute format of this kind of show because yeah. like especially the paul red episode is so great um and it's it's just like so easy to watch just put it in the background you know you, you can half pay attention to it and it's it's great content and it's just interesting to me now that i'm, I'm starting to get more used to like seeing things on youtube like actual content and not just yeah. like you know, the YouTube celebrity kind of social influencers or whatever. It's like, no, actual yeah. real kind of, I think they even have a TV show like on TV now they made it into a game show. So really good. Okay. Will, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about for your week? Got nothing. No, I don't have a whole lot to talk about either. I just, I moved my, if anyone is watching live stream, I moved my computer upstairs um, from my downstairs office because uh, it's probably looking like my kids are going to homeschool for, for this, this school year, at least probably. And it, I just need to have my, my computer up here access. Part of the problem too, is, uh, downstairs in the office was so isolating. Cause like literally if you go down there, you can't hear anything else that goes on in the rest of the house. So I wasn't using my computer as much to play games, uh, just because it was, you know, you have to make it, make it an event to, to go down there and play stuff. So. Uh, with Horizon Zero Dawn coming out and Cyberpunk 2077 coming out before too oh long, gosh. Totally yeah, I, I, I didn't yeah. want to. I didn't want to uh. have to spend 70 hours downstairs by myself. It's cold down there too, um, even in the in the summer and winter because the air conditioning blasts down there in, in the summer. In the winter, it's just not as well insulated as the rest of the house, obviously. So, so yeah, it's, it's going to be easier for for all that stuff to have my have my computer up here uh outside of that i don't think i have anything else to talk about uh what we played I yeah guess. we can get into what we played uh will i want to start with you actually because i want to hear your thoughts on paper mario yeah so paper mario um i think paper mario dan has okay so it has potential to be a great game uh-huh I think the only thing that holds it back is it needs a little bit more like in the combat department because that game has, in my opinion, literally perfect storytelling. Uh That intro to that game was phenomenal. I think that was... So I'm comparing between the two games that I'm really playing right now, Paper Mario, um, and I'm not that far into it, so I'm not going to say a whole lot but paper mario ghost of tsushima i think paper mario started way better uh-huh. um that whole creepy like undertone that was like at the very beginning with peach like yeah. being totally uncharacteristic it was a completely empty mushroom kingdom luigi's just mia uh you're going up that stairs with bowser and bowser has these like comments when you're having the confrontation with ollie it's just like really funny really spooky really eerie um, and I'm not far enough into the game where the combat system can be repetitive because now I'm kind of just messing around with it and toying around with it a bit, but I could see later in the game, it's probably going to get a little stale and a little bit boring. So in my opinion, I think Paper Mario Origami King is on the cusp of being like a perfect game, um, yeah. in my opinion. 
So, yeah. And I think the only thing, go ahead. No, I was going to say, me and Corey talked about it last week. And I think, I think if they had done the old like Mario RPG style combat system or even the early Paper Mario games, I think that would have wiped that complaint out, you know? They can even keep the battle system how it is, but add like levels and some item, more items and stuff like that. And like maybe um, companions and add more uh, enemies to the wheels, like so you can make use more with companions and have like that stuff is there. And especially boss fights add a lot of stuff to the wheel, uh, which which you'll experience when you do your boss fight. And you do get companions that do help you uh, in small doses. Um, Okay, not not a lot, but yeah, that, that is there. But like I said, I mean, the music's fantastic. The visuals are awesome. I, I really do think Origami King, well, I don't know what the open critic was, but that game I think is real. like I said, on the cusp of being like a perfect game. I think it is fantastic. Um, the yeah. only thing holding me back is the combat. So, okay, I keep, the more I play it, the more I like it. You know, I like it even more than I, than, than last week. It's also has some emotional moments, which I'm not going to get into spoilers for it, but yeah. the the it's just so interesting the way they do it because, you know, there's just there's just these paper characters and the way this event happens, like you're like, okay, this is this is going to happen. This is really going to happen. Like this this event is going to happen. And just the way the characters react, you're like, okay, it's 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 going to happen here. But then it doesn't. They like take that away. Mhm. And they they like fake you out into thinking everything's okay, and then this event does take place, and you're like, oh my god, like I can't believe they went there. Yeah. And you're just like, oh my, like this is Paper Mario. I'm not playing King yeah. Moon. Like, give me a break here. You know. So. I I definitely it's it's, it's very well done. Game. What's that? I think this is definitely a dark horse game for uh, being a sneaky hit because yeah. I think. It returns to form a little bit because a lot of people hated stickers. I've been watching, I watch a lot of YouTube, especially at night when I'm going to go to bed and I just put on YouTube videos. So like I've been watching a lot of just various content creators and a lot of like Paper Mario stuff right now just because like that's going on in Ghost of Tsushima. So I've just been watching stuff on those two games. And like I've been watching a lot of people rank the Paper Mario games and like Sticker Stars always last, which is why I brought it up earlier by accident. And then Color Splash is, better a lot better than sticker star but still not as good as thousand year door the first paper mario um super paper mario and then like origami king's usually right after that but i think origami king's a little bit better than i think uh i think that game i think people are gonna like the game as time goes on more i just think because thousand year door is so highly regarded that i think it just kind of gets a raw deal uh a little bit but no, like I really do think uh, Origami King's a pretty great game. I've enjoyed all of the time that I've played it so far. It's not been much, but um, I really liked it. Yeah, yeah, it's solid. I don't, I don't have any complaints about it really. As I said, I the, the battle system, it's it's not the greatest. That definitely definitely holds it back. But outside of that, like it's it's pretty on point for the rest of it. So yeah. Um. So yeah, that's what I played. I played. Um, yeah, so on a whim, I fired up Metal Gear Solid, The Phantom Pain. And I know I played it on PC before, but I don't remember if I played it with the controller the last time I played it with PC, because I found myself really fighting with the controls. And it, the first part of the game has a buttload of cutscenes that I just skipped over, because I remember I remember the first time I played it, I really made a conscious effort to understand what was going on in the story, and I still had no idea. So I was like, this time around, I'm just going to skip all the cutscenes, because none of it's going to matter anyway. So I did that. But the intro still ended up taking me like 
two or three hours. It's a long which, I, which I felt like it was, was way too long and way too drawn out and slow. Uh, and then I'm, I, I'm currently in like the first the first mission where you have to go rescue someone whose name I don't remember. Matt Miller, maybe. Uh, I don't remember the the characters' names, but that that game's it's pretty good. It doesn't it doesn't play as nicely as I remember it playing too. But looking at it, it came out five years ago, um, so there's definitely been some improvements, especially in in like stealth mechanics and stuff. It, it looks a little bit janky in places, and I was like, I don't remember this being a thing, uh, but it's still pretty cool. Um, I don't know if I'm going to stick to playing that or not. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but I downloaded. I downloaded Tourist on Game Pass, which is uh, it was a Switch game initially, like a puzzle game that I wanted to get into, has a really unique art style. And then I downloaded uh, Grounded, so I'd like to ha- hopefully play Grounded by next week. Um, I've played a little bit more Plague Tale Innocence. Still really like that. Uh, I don't have a lot more to add to it. Uh, it it's, again, it's another stealth game. Reminds me very much of uh, of The Last of Us. I've been thinking of that game actually. So you, yeah. you went ahead and got it. Uh, it was on Game Pass. I just I just downloaded okay. it. I mean, it might be on PC Game Pass too. I don't know if you've done a a, tr- a free trial for PC Game Pass, Tito. But um, I should look into might, that. You, you might be able to play it that way. It looks like an interesting. Um, it is story driven game. It uh, seems yes, like. it's very cool. Um, yeah. I, I recommend that one definitely. Uh, but it, it reminds me a lot of Last of Us because of the stealth elements, because of, you have companions in it. Uh, there's crafting on the go, like crafting. It's alchemy in that game, but um, yeah, you craft like like bombs and stuff like that to, to help you against your, your enemies. So it's a good one. And I think that's all I played. So That's a game I definitely want to play at some point, Dan. Yeah, it's short, too. It's It's 10 to 15 hours. So that's also <laughs> a benefit. French takes place in France, something like that. Yep, takes place in, in France during the the plague. Okay, so it's a cool setting, cool characters. I like it so far. By the way, did you see that that um the team that did Greed Fall, I think it's Greed Fall, is doing a French Revolution alternate like timeline. Game? Oh really? Yeah, it looks really cool. How I'm kind are of excited they? How it. are they changing the events of the the French Revolution? I want to say that there was like robots. Oh. <laughs> kind of I, reminds me of the order. Yeah, the order or whatever. Okay. Yeah. So that was something that happened. I didn't make that up, right? Uh, no, I don't know. Like you, you, that that premise where you said you want to say like you want to say something to do with robots is like how how the order kind of added God. weird electrical guns, like Tesla inspired like stuff back then. Like I, I I don't know. I kind of like that alternate history sci-fi stuff. Like it's, oh, it's yeah. really cool. What's that but, one that has that really cool artwork that's like World War One but with the giant mechs? It started off as a board game that they I think they ended up turning into a video game. It's got um, this really iconic piece of art that I, I'm not gonna come up with the name of right now. It's not uh Wolf uh, or what was no, that? Not Wolfenstein. It's 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 like a one one name game. It's a it's it's like a field with like some some workers working in a field, and then there's this giant uh, like Nazi mech, not Nazi. Uh, I don't I know. In, in, in World War One, it would have been like the the Germans. Sounds dope though. Yeah. Okay. So I'll see called, if I can find it. It's called Steel Rising. Steel set Rising. In an alternate reality of France during the French Revolution, where King Louis the Sixth. Oh, okay. 16th Army of Automata are 
suppressing and terrorizing the French people. So interesting. That would be cool. the time. That would be the time to bring out the robots. Yeah, yeah right. Not old either. Came out recently. Um, or did that, it come out recently? Actually, that that reminds me. I don't. We didn't talk about this during our weeks, but um, the the New York Times article about the aliens. Oh I, yeah, I saw the headline. I didn't look into it though. Yeah, apparently a, a the, the Pentagon confirmed that they had captured an aircraft that was not made on this earth. What? Really? Yep. I don't believe. What? Confirmed. Yep. Confirmed. What? Is this yeah. real? Yes. The... It's, is this, it's... Is this just I, a, I... something? They're trying to distract us from something. That's what I thought, too. What's going on? That may be the case. With Trump, um, you always have to be like, wait, so what's he really doing right now? Like, what's what's going on? Like, what which, is... which which I would think of, too, but it, it was the New York Times that, that reported oh. on, all, on all of this. It was initially a uh, New York Times article that uh, Joe Rogan tweeted it out. That was how it kind of kind of hit the mainstream it, and it was just just an interview cahoots. interview with an old um i don't remember what he he served in one of the intelligence agencies That's or funny. something he's That's been interesting to, well he's been trying to blow the whistle for a while and uh i gotta look into this now eric's first first uh first line was so tom DeLong was right um who's that where's that from Tom DeLonge, the the Blink One Eighty Two singer. That's God, the oh, okay. Alien. Yeah, he's the big aliens guy. I do remember hearing about that. He went kind of crazy with the UFO stuff. Yep. Um, I, I still gonna, think they're all in cahoots. That's they're gonna theory. they're gonna be apparently releasing information, uh, like like reports and stuff, previously classified stuff. I mean, it's definitely not a confirmation that it's aliens, but that's my that's my hope. Oh, yeah. 2020. What a year. Yeah. Oh, there man. was something funny, uh, like how they were trying to um, guess, like, okay, what's the next month going to bring? And there was something bizarre. Like, there was that that humongous dust storm crossing the Atlantic Ocean um, it, from Africa that was like, no one saw that coming. It was like, yeah, <laughs> it was like 2020 is fucking insane. Like, yeah. so bizarre. But there was like one that was like really funny because it was like, and it's not the murder hornets because that was also hilarious. Yeah. Just like, oh my god, what a year! Who would have thought? Yeah. Who would have thought? Honestly. Coming into 2020, I was like, oh man, we're gonna have a fantastic year, and it's just been. I used to look back like I I've always been living life in a way where I can never imagine myself in this year. Like when I was in elementary school, I couldn't imagine making it to middle school. You know, and then when I was in middle school, I was like. I can't make it into high school. Like just being scared of like how different things would be like. And I was like, imagining myself in college. I was like, no, there's no way I'll never make it to college. And it just keeps going. And and then it got to the year 2020. Cause that was such a, like the symmetry of the numbers and everything. Oh. I was like 2020, there's no way I'll make it to 2020. It's like, here I am, but it's even crazier <laughs> than I would have like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, what is yeah. happening? <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, it's but anyway, craziest year ever. Tito, what have you been playing? I beat Dishonored 2, which uh, I already alluded to. Um, so, and I, I, I remember I, I had talked about the game, right? Yes. Yeah. So I'll get my final thoughts. The attention to detail in this game is awesome. 
Um, and I, I was like re- looking at some like YouTube videos on it. So like they had hired like actual engineers and architects for this game. And I remember like you had played the game, right, Dan? Yeah, I played Dishonored 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember that level with Jindosh, um, whatever his name was, the inventor? Like when you go to his mansion in Dishonored 2 and yes. it's like a clockwork yep. level, like all the rooms. But it's it's cool because it's not just surface level. It's like you can actually go in the cracks behind, like go behind the, the scenes of how it's all engineered. And it's all working in terms of like, I don't know if it's like super accurate in terms of engineering, but like there there is like a science to like how the room rotates and changes mm-hmm. in the scenery. And then like at the end of that level, like the, the lab and how it like rotates and the panels like go up and down and you can like change. Like, I, I just thought that stuff was so brilliant. Like the, the world building of the game was amazing. Like, I just love how like it has like that art, like how art's so important and like getting your portrait is a cultural significance thing. And like Anton Sokolov is like kind of like the Leonardo da Vinci. It's like a very Renaissance kind of like he's an inventor and artist and all that stuff. And like that whole all those little things like it feels like a real world you know what i mean yeah and i just thought that that like dishonored is so good with with that kind of stuff i love that world and that art style is is beautiful because like i'm playing like witcher 3 or i was playing witcher 3 where you know it goes for that realism and that's a that came out in when 2015 2016 2015 yeah yeah and it, like it doesn't it doesn't look terrible but it it doesn't hold up whereas like this game came out in 2016 and it looks beautiful. Yeah. Now, you know, like that art style is just so good. Um, I mean, there's not much else. Like I, it's a very good stealth game there. There, if you go on YouTube, you can see some like really cool, like there's this YouTuber that like does these highly choreographed, like high chaos runs where he goes through these levels super quick with like the coolest moves. And honestly, that the Arcane Studios, I think, is the developer. Yep. Um, they should hire him to like promote their games because like it'll get you to want to buy the game, and and you'll never reach that level of like skill of like. I mean, he's like zipping around the levels. He'll grab a piece of glass, throw it up in the air, get someone's attention, and then as they're about to attack, that glass he threw up ten seconds ago finally falls and hits the enemy on the head, mm-hmm. and then he like assassinate. You know, just these bizarre stuff that's like super choreographed. It looks so cool. Um, this is one of the better stealth games with like magic and high action. Um, so if you've always been interested, I'm I'm, I'm kind of kicking myself I didn't play it sooner, but um fantastic game i i really enjoyed it i mean it, it's not perfect then we has like some story issues that i didn't love but re- really enjoyed my experience with the game so yeah. and i i love the first one too when i first played it so um awesome series yeah and i think that's that's it and then it was just ghost of tsushima after that so yeah okay i think that's all that's i think that's all we have it doesn't look like we have any feedback this week so. uh you don't you didn't let me talk persona Oh, I'm sorry, Will. Go ahead. Oh, man. That was just the main thing I've been playing for almost two months. Persona 4 Golden. Uh, I won't bore you guys with too much. Tito, I know you stopped playing because the art style is weird, but I think you made a critical error. Critical error. What was it? Yeah. You guys, someone on this podcast group needs to play Persona 5 at least, Persona 5 Royal, because... I sound like a broken record, but those like Persona has become probably my favorite game franchise, uh, and I've only played five and four. Um, those games are 
so good. I will say Persona 5 Royal is the superior game in almost every way besides the writing, because the writing in Persona 4 Golden is very... P- the game came out on P- the PS2, so it's kind of... Um, some of the humor probably wouldn't work in today's day and age. Yeah, I uh, what you mean. But some of it... I have never laughed out loud at a game more than I did in Persona 4. There were some nights where I sounded like an insane person with some of the characters where I was just laughing hysterically at. Um, so, I, like, I'm, I think Persona 4 Golden holds better writing and maybe some better characters to Persona 5 Royal, but I still think Persona 5 is probably the superior game in every way. But I think Corey's story, playing. Isn't, didn't Corey try Persona 5? Persona 5, yep. He liked right. it, but I don't see him playing more. I just have a feeling he won't do it. And I don't know why, because it's literally the best JRPG game to ever come out, and he's a JRPG guy. Like, it's so frustrating, because I know he would like it. Dan, I know you would absolutely yeah. love the game, but you don't have anything to play it on. Yep. Ah, these games need to play. Like, you guys all need to play at least one yep. of them. I recommend Royal, Tito. They might, uh, they might put... I could see maybe Persona 5 coming to Steam if they put Persona 4, even though I, it was many years later. I think what's going to happen is Persona 4 is on Steam, Persona 3 is going to come to Steam next, and then eventually 5 and Royal will. But I think Persona 3 is the next one, which is... The, I really want to play 3, because then you get to 1 and 2, and nobody wants to play 1 and 2 anymore if they're not... They don't hold up. Yeah, that's true. Um, but man, those games are so good. I love the story. I love I the thing that stood out that. to me from Persona Four when I tried it out. I really enjoyed that um, that uh, presentation they had, especially like that TV kind of like at the very very beginning. I was, yeah. It felt like you're like about to play a, a TV show game thing or whatever. I, I, I don't know. I thought that was, it, it was like such a different style that you just don't see in anything. Yeah. You know, I, I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. But, like, yeah, once it got into, like, I wasn't, like, a, you get dropped off at the town. And I was yeah. just looking at the graphics. I was like, and I, I'm just, like, I know it's a flaw in me. I, I can't deal with that kind of, like, gra- the graphics that don't age well. And yeah. I just couldn't, like, overlook it. You know, if it was, like, uh, obviously, like, Super Nintendo style stuff, like, you know, I, I, I can kind of get, get into that. But even then, that, that can be kind of tough for me. Um, I'm 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 just like a graphic snob. I don't know why. I think you should play Royal then. Yeah, before it, before it. Well, with that, is that a style that that's gonna age well? Because I feel like it actually might. I mean, Persona Five Royal came out this year. But but like in in a few years, like does it have like how does how does the style look? Because does it bring in a lot of animation? Reminds me a lot it... of it. It would age well, way better than any of the other ones, in my opinion. It's kind of like kind of like borderlands like that like cell shading sort of look to it but um it's hard to explain the art style i think the art style for five is real it's awesome um the problem though though with the persona games is like for these games like take three hours sometimes people just aren't there for it i remember i played persona five the first time played an hour didn't come back to it for like five six months and then came back to it played it and then literally could not stop playing that game until i was done with it i would get into bad moods when i had to go to work because i wanted to keep playing i'm uh checking out some of these screenshots or whatever yeah it has like a weird kind of 
it's hard to yeah it is hard to describe I, I i feel like though i'll have to play it sooner before it becomes like aged um and i do have a ps4 so who knows how uh-huh. but i mean these are huge games aren't they yeah you're looking at 100 hours yeah i mean i can <laughs> do that i can do that i just you have to hit those moments where you get hooked um and yeah i'll see i'll see about it oh uh, they're cool. so good i like i don't know maybe i'm just like the right person for these games but it's, i think the persona series is the by far the best jrpg games at this point i don't think i'm um, trying to think of other jrpgs that kind of hold up nino kuni holds up well like to the like current standard um yeah, eh. near automata but that's not really a jrpg that's, that's more of an action game it's it's new too though it's not really a series yet um i, I mean I, I feel like you wouldn't get a lot of pushback on that claim though i feel like a lot of people love persona the persona franchise like it is getting more and more it's getting more and more traction. I think I know it's getting more and more popular with each. Yeah, four and five were the games that kind of put it more into the mainstream. Five, especially five, is kind of pro, like kind of brought it in. I mean, like I watch a lot of again, I watch a lot of YouTube and like when people are going over PlayStation games, like must plays or best PlayStation exclusive games or best games on the PlayStation Four. It's Persona is usually in the top three in every single video. Um, with ninety-five like, uh, on Metacritic. Yeah, ninety-five on Metacritic. Um, what's the what's the Toulon didn't read like what is the special thing about it what's what's the magic behind this game story I think what it does is it does so you know how we talk about with Ghost of Tsushima like the side missions like make you care about characters uh these games have these things called social links or confidants depending on the game and what they are is uh it's a relationship system that you see you have like story moments with them throughout the entire game and there's like 10 different ranks per character that are confidant or social links so basically you're playing you have there's two aspects to the game it's like a dungeon crawling aspect to it where you you know fight things kill things yada 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 like the jrpg side of it and then there's the social aspect of the game where you build relationships with um your friends and family members and different characters in the game that help boost you being able to make stronger personas, which is basically things to make you more powerful in the second part of the game. Um, and basically you get these self-contained stories with these different characters that tell different stories. And some some of them are just incredible. Are they one-offs or is it a mix? Like some of them are one-offs and some of them like are multi-stories? They're all, like... they're all multi-part. So okay. it'll be 10 parts to each story. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, so like each character represents a different part, a different arcana within the persona world. So like for example, there is the chariot, there's the counselor, there's faith, there is empress, emperor, um, and they all have a corresponding arcana and the persona. So what happens is like for example, you have a uh, let's say Satan as a persona, and that as a specific arcana. I believe it's the emperor arcana. So like the stronger your bond with that person that represents the emperor arcana in the real world, the stronger that persona is in the game. So it behooves you to have a relationship with all these different people, because then you get a full gambit of personas that you can use to be really powerful in this other world. And four, it's the TV world and five, it's the metaverse. So, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, that, that TV world is, I think what I meant from the persona four, like, yep. 
it like the, the from the menu even down to like the menu just the the main menu and stuff like that it just had a cool it had a cool flair to it that's yeah. kind of what got me hooked when i was like looking at some of the screenshots i was like yeah i'll try this out um, well and the, well the cool thing about persona 5 is like that game's menus make four look like uh snes game like yeah, the yeah. menus on five are some of the best like menus i've ever seen in a game yeah i might check it out i mean we're in a pandemic good time to get into a franchise you know what i mean yeah i i really i like i recommend it like i'm not gonna count persona 5 royal for game of the year stuff this year i don't think because it's gonna win for me and i just don't think it's fair to count a game that came out in 2017 with some new content oh uh, so, yeah, yeah so i'm not even gonna count it so otherwise it was just it was it's gonna win my game of the year and i don't think that's fair so all right that's cool. So that's my weekly persona pitch. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I <clears throat> if they come to Switch or PC, I'm all in. They will eventually. I think Persona Four sold so well that it'll they'll start coming. I think. Uh, I should say, yeah, because Persona Four is on PC now. So yeah. Maybe at some point. Yeah. But I've only got a week until Horizon Zero Dawn comes out, so I'm bummed that I have to wait to play that That's on PC. My, my next baby. Honestly, I've been thinking like if you're playing Ghost of Tsushima, getting into like you might have a tough time to enjoying Horizon. Like we're reaching that point where enough years have passed where it's like because I've noticed a trend where like we're like they're really mastering the open world like genre. You know, like there's like. Yeah great open world game after open world game and they keep improving on it you know like you if you're gonna go from ghost of tsushima with the great side mission tales and everything like it's it's, it's definitely a um a downgrade going to horizon you know and i love horizon but even now i'm looking back where i'm like it might be harder to to well i don't know it's, it's a fun game to play so we'll see I, I, I still think the main story of horizon's awesome though it's really oh, it's so good. It's, it's such mean, good sci-fi. Yeah, I mean, with me, Horizon plays so different from Ghost of Tsushima. Tsushima, I don't think it'll bother me. Plus, I playing like Dragon mm-hmm. Age Inquisition. I'm going to play The Witcher Three. I generally don't get bothered by that. Where I kind of get hung up is like PS2 and Xbox, where they're or PlayStation One, like old Final Fantasy Seven. Like, like that's the, where I get where more the hung mechanics up. Mechanics are very like different you know because of the limitations of the hardware and everything yeah and they're like going for the realistic graphics but that's the best yeah, they can yeah. do for the time so just like i just mean like you might get bored as you do like all the little fetch quests inside because like ghost of tsushima is amazing with like you there's nothing trivial about what you're doing in a lot of the stuff you know what i mean yeah. like like even a random person you help like that's a tale and the way they present the tales dan is so cool because they'll have a shot you know, and then they have the title, like, boom, you know, the title, it, like, it's, it's, it's like a chapter presentation, and it's so good, and, like, you go through this, and it's not, they don't have that presentation just so, for you to collect 10 rabbits and turn them in, <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah, like, yeah. The, you know, not, like, no, this is, like, like, someone's, like, hired a smuggler to help, you know, get them off the island, but they, they can't find their wife and child, what happened to the, you know, it's like yeah. really like high stakes stuff and like you're just helping them and, it's, uh, you know, and then you go, you know, and I love Horizon, but you're going to go and you're going to downgrade yourself to like 
you know, oh, I need some flowers. Can you collect that? You know, it's just like, uh, like, okay, <laughs> sure. Or, you know, like that you, that you see in many games. So, yeah, you know, that's the, to me, that was the magic of ghosts, bringing it back to ghosts. It's just like the combat's really fun, but like the tales are just so good. Like, oh my Where God, I, I love learning about these like relations, like the, the characters and stuff. Was fantastic. Okay. Uh, anything else we want to talk about for the this week's episode? No, oh, man. I think we really beat it, beat that dead horse. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think we did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't. I, I, we don't have any uh, episodes on the docket for next week, but obviously we will come up with something. It will be Thursday night, roughly nine o'clock. We will be here. Um, I'm hoping you. Uh, I'm hoping you do enjoy once Horizons out. I, I hope oh, you I'm get sure the will. story. It was, the story. I, I've been wanting to talk about that story for so long with someone. Like, oh, it's so good. Yeah. So, I mean, the the thing I didn't like about it was was controlling it. Yeah, that's, controlling. That was because I couldn't hit anything with the bow, which that's most of the game right there. Yeah, but most it is uh, actually it is kind of built in, like for it to be kind of hard. Um, I would say as, the only tip I can think of is go after the slow mo perks because mm-hmm. there there are, there are two levels of slow mo you can actually get in the game. And then that makes it, you know, pretty easy. But kind of like in The Last of Us, like, I mean, these these mechanical dinosaurs move really fast. And it's yeah. it can be kind of hard to, like, once you get, like, your arsenal, then the combat, like, shines. Like, you can set traps and all this stuff. It, it gets better. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that'll do it for episode 466 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Will. And I'm Tito. Thanks for listening, and get out of my basement. Watch